I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting try to kill it all away but I remember everything Welcome to Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash we encourage you to write us in at our email which is best picture podcast at yahoo.com find us on any of our socials at best picture cast just how the podcast sounds we love to hear from you and you know what we're back and celebrating a fourth anniversary here at best picture cast four years on the air Exciting times, exciting things going on, and I have with us some of the original hosts, some of the cast of characters you would expect to hear from, minus one that uh, couldn't make it here today. We'll talk about him in a second, but I want to say first, let's throw it back all the way to the first ever episode. He was there with me. He is RDB. RDB, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very excited to talk about The Hurt Locker. Four years ago, we started this thing already, and that's right, we'll be talking about The Hurt Locker here today, along with sharing some memories and hearing some voices from others, but let's hear a voice from someone uh, who was here for the third ever episode, because unfortunately, Joey R. couldn't make it here tonight, uh, who was there with us for the second episode on Cuckoo's Nest. He's not here, but he's here in spirit. But with us today, we have from our third ever episode, he is Chris G. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back and uh, excited to talk a little uh, Hurt Locker and, you know, hopefully we survive it. Yeah, share some share some memories from the past as well. And uh, it was four years ago that we recorded our episode 
on Rain Man pretty much to the date. I think we recorded like the day after the Oscar nominations came out in in 2020. Wow. So yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Finally, for episode four, he's the one and only Grant C. Grant. Happy anniversary! Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is great. We've had uh, four years of of laughs and tears and screams and all <laughs> some, sorts of things. Some more than others. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's fun to march right on here with you guys here today. And Joey is not with us here to just talk about the Hurt Locker. We will hear from his voice, along with several other people from the past, from Best Picture cast. You'll hear their voices chime in as well with cool. some memories of the past. That should be fun. And uh, I think uh, let's let's start how we always start around here, guys. And that's with what we're drinking. And Artie B, you're going to set a, a, a BPC record here today. Is that right? That's right. I am drinking a lime-flavored seltzer with an ABV of zero. He is not drinking today, folks. This is... Uh, this Hell is has frozen over. A shock to many here. This is a, a BPC first for the RDB brand. And you definitely broke a lot of DraftKings accounts here today with this. Yep. Yep, yep. We had odds <laughs> at about minus 5,000. We need to have 0. 0.5 beers or more. And uh, sorry to disappoint. Yeah, don't cash out your bets just yet because the podcast isn't over. He could go grabbing for one of ours. So I guess we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to see there. Yeah, it's going gonna, gonna to be a sweat. <laughs> it's going to come down to the wire. <laughs> Chris, what do you have over there? I have a lovely hazy IPA. It's called Superhero Sidekicks, and it's from Kings County Brewers Collective. Kings County, for the outsiders, uh, they don't know, is uh, actually Brooklyn. Brooklyn is, sure the, is. It's yeah, the it is. formal name for Brooklyn County. We have Queens County and then Kings County. So. Absolutely. Nice looking can you have over there. Yeah, fancy, fancy. Lots of art. I always fall for that. You're really dragged in with the marketing. Absolutely. And Grant, how about you? I'm keeping it light tonight. I'm going with a Modelo Oro, which is like their light beer. Not a high ABV. I think it's a four, four percenter. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a long, treacherous drive ahead of me. Artie's looking this. longingly at it, though. So uh, I don't <laughs> I'm trying know. to I'm trying to read the uh, <laughs> the other part. Oh, uh, ninety calories and three oh. three carbs. I put it to three point zero was the ABV at first. I was like, holy shit, that's nothing. No, it's four. It's not much better. That's good. Yeah. So nice, nice light, uh, nice light beer for me. Well, for me, it is officially cold snap season. The loyal listeners know that is uh, one of my very favorites out there from Sam Adams. It is the cold snap. Kicks into gear usually at the uh, end of winter, the start of spring. I'm always excited to uh, to get my hands on that, and <laughs> kind of eases me into watermelon season in the spring. I know this is a vis- as audio medium, but uh, for the people listening at home, he he takes the beer. And he presents it like he's on the prices right. <laughs> Get your Plinko chips ready. Yeah, he just like he displays it. I'm I'm practicing for when the video cameras are really rolling. You know what can I say? So that's what we are drinking. That's what we've uh, brought along here for the momentous occasion of four years. And I think uh, I want to kind of kick around the table here a little bit. Tell me, uh, tell me a little. Uh, one of your favorite episodes from the past year. Uh, and Artie, Artie, I think we'll start with you. One of my favorite episodes from the past year is In the Heat of the Night. Ah, yes. In the Heat of the Night. That's the uh, debut of AJ to the Best Picture cast. Debut of AJ. And as always, Jay with some high quality content and some Mm -hmm. good laughs. Jay had a great year here at BPC. That was, uh, I mean, obviously a great movie, but a fun summer record. Offensive Player of the Year this year. (laughs) This was a banner year for Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have him. We'll have to have him back soon enough, and you'll hear from him somewhere along the way in this episode. Chris, uh, an episode from this past year that you want to call a little attention to? 
I really enjoyed our us moseying down to Big Whiskey, me, you, and Grant, and uh, doing the little Unforgiven. That that was, uh, uh, that was yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, yeah, talking a little Clint. Uh, an episode that uh, you were supposed to be at there, Artie. Didn't yeah, make it. Thanks for reminding me I wasn't able to make that one. Yeah. I really wanted to be on that one. <laughs> and Chris, that might be why it was one of your favorites, right? The best part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the three of us did have uh, quite the blast. Had in, a good time. That one. Yeah. Had a good time. And, you know, it was probably our first Western, too. And have we done a Western before? I don't think so. Roadhouse, unless you count that as a Western. I count that as a Western, sure. Yeah. Western Best Picture, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, Grant. Uh, I think my favorite episode from the uh, from this past year, uh, I might go with the Out of Africa episode with the freezers. You know, having having them come in, it's just it's just a kind of a cool thing that we were able to build these friendships from people that we have no business knowing. You know, from all different areas of the world and things like that. So it's really nice that we kind of built a friendship with Adam and Melissa. Yeah, be the beauty of the pod. It's meeting, yeah, it's meeting all these all these mm-hmm. great people out there, and and I love when uh, Adam and Melissa come in for the sweeping epic. You it's, know? Their, it's their thing now. <laughs> we had them for English pages. We had them for uh, for the wonderful out of Africa with uh, Merrill and and Rob, Robert Redford yeah. out of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, for me, I, I I you know no one mentioned it, so I'm gonna have to, and uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be Parasite. I, I thought it was our best episode of the year. You know, I mean, obviously it's a great movie, but we we peeled some layers off of that. I mean, that was it's one of those podcasts where the four of us, Artie, you were there, Jay Dowski, and and Joey R were there too. The four of us brought in different info and different pieces to the puzzle. And when we started having the conversation and putting it all together, we were really like opening doors in all of our minds with it and, and really, really good stuff. That was a very stimulating episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is our uh, memories from this past year. But I also ask you guys to kind of pull up a memory from from BPC past, you know, something just it could be an episode, it could be a moment, a memory or, or anything. And um, Grant, I think I'll go ahead and start with you. Sure. Um, my, one of my greatest moments and the whole, in the whole shebang, um, was actually from this year. It was, was the sub 50 recap episode with me, you and Artie where, um, it was, it was, it had like lunchroom energy. You know what I mean? Like it felt like it felt, it, it just felt like a cafeteria, just like three fringes. Like laughing so hard that your face hurts. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, there was that was that was just and it, it, it you know those kind of preview and recap and draft episodes. That, yeah. Those are really strung together really quickly. Like they're not things that we plan. It's like all right, three months from now it'll be me, Grant, and Artie, and we'll talk the sub fifty. Well, draft. No, nothing's no, ever that well planned out. No, well, no. <laughs> um, but these for sure are. are, are hey, you it's, know it's we like gotta a, get this in. Who's available? Yeah. Like, tomorrow. Meet at Artie's yeah, house. Yeah. Yeah, and I just remember my my jaw was hurting so hard it was from so laughing funny. at that. You needed like a few seconds just to just to get myself composed Drink to group, talk again. Yeah. Major numb lock practice vibes. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> totally, hundred percent. The three of us were in a uh, a high school cover band, so we have we we go way back with our with our banter and our um our jabbings at each other. And yeah, it's great, Chris. You know that some of us enjoy those episodes where we get to pick on and and bully our our other fellow drafters. I like to be the bullier. I don't like to be bullied. You know, that's the issue. That's the he problem. He can dish it out. He can't take it. <laughs> not how I prefer that works. not to take it. That's all. I think there were a lot of uh, jokes at Chris's expense. Maybe. I can. Chris, I Chris. can take it. I just don't want to. You know, you know what would be great, Chris, on a sub fifty episode, a recap episode. 
I'm sure he's had one roasting before. people. Think, well, well yeah, there, there was yeah, one. Yeah, there was one, and that's <laughs> going to bleed into my memory for uh, oh, this trip. This, oh, okay. I have to go back, and this is a memory because this is uh, I almost lost my life this day from uh, from Chris murdering me. As uh, Adam from the Freezers, who who Grant mentioned before, kindly uh, drove all the way across country to join us for this episode where we recapped uh, 45 movies that we covered. We ranked them all. And uh, Adam hopped in. Artie, you couldn't make it uh, there. You had some family stuff or whatever it was. And Adam stepped in for you. And man, we, uh, boy, it, when I when I say I'm not exaggerating here, it was seven hours of raw recording there for that. Because we had the cast of characters we did, I said, hey, you know, let's squeeze in a, a sub-50 recap just so we can utilize the talent. Yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah, that was an hour <laughs> in itself. And then, yeah, the six-plus hours immediately after Oh Lord, um, yeah. There, there was a lot of lot of unhappy people uh, uh, at me that day. Yeah, especially me. I, I was I was <laughs> displeased. Oh, he, and then and then what? Like two hours later, Adam had to drive back to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Like he wasn't happy either. Oh man, we were so excited in the beginning. We're talking about a man for all seasons, I and we're felt, talking about yeah, cavalcade. I, yeah, I felt I felt especially bad for Adam. Like Chris, I understand it was like your house, and like you were upset, but like Adam had Adam had to like drive through like to bumfuck Pennsylvania for a hotel like I, I, a two day trip ahead of I him. almost considered pulling like an inglorious bastard and just lighting my own house on fire just to like <laughs> just, just, just to end reel. it all you know like, you film reel all over yeah. the place I have something to say <laughs> oh yeah by the time we got to like our ones and twos it's like I don't, enough fuck the godfather I don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah. it Let's get out of my house too much time spent too much time spent it's a great movie we all know it let's yeah. just yeah. Let's finish it up oh great it's your one well it's my two I have godfather two I don't want to talk about the difference right now that is that is that is, that is the curse of these of these rankings episode where it's like when we first start we're so like ready we're so gung-ho when these things first start we, we spend like 15 minutes on around the world in 80 days <laughs> and like that we have no time for any of the good movies we want to talk about oh, God. Yeah, it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest yeah so you want to elaborate yeah you know it's just great it's just great yeah that's so that's good it. yeah get out of my we're, house we're, ta- we're, ta- <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about like the uh the matador scene yeah. from around the world for 20 minutes uh, well, it, it 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 took a toll on my and Chris's uh, relationship, particularly the the trust level in the podcast department. But you know. I, I ha- every day before the podcast, I have to say, now, Kieran, <laughs> let's keep it under five hours, please, if we can. <laughs> if you don't leave my house by this time, you're leaving uh, in a trunk. <laughs> Artie, uh, a BPC memory of the past for you. Startled so. me when you said my name. <laughs> What's the past? <laughs> memory? <laughs> the the one that sticks out to me is from the Godfather 2 episode when Grant asked who opened the drapes. <laughs> it's a it's an achievement on this podcast <laughs> because I could bring that line up to people who are avid Godfather fans, seen the movie a hundred times, and not only have they, most of them haven't even thought about it. When I present Grant's theory that it was Rocco, yeah, their minds kind of blown, and you could see their face change, and then they're like, "Oh, I got to go watch that again." That getting them to rewatch that—that's an achievement. That's that's. It's part of what we try to do here. And and for a movie that has been analyzed over and over and mm-hmm. over again, to have something new come out of one of our an episode of, you know, us ass clowns sitting around <laughs> talking. Like <laughs> we that's good. We did it. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how about you? A BPC memory of past. For me, it's my favorite episode that I think I've done and I've been a part of. It was the sh- the shining episode that you, me, and Joey did. Uh we just did 
we did such a deep dive on that movie and we took so much care with it and uh I honestly think it's one of our best. And it was my uh, winner for, uh, what was it? The horror? Yeah, for the horror. is the winner. Is it Chris horror, 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 part, yeah. part three? Yeah. 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 So I, I just think it was awesome. It was a great time. And I think we it was a really strong episode. Yeah. I and mean, that's one I always go to when people ask, you know, what, what episode should I listen to? Or what do you consider your best episode? I always kind of go to The Shining. I think that was one, me, you, and Joey, we were just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. We were really kind of uh, all a little nervous to a tackle a project like a Kubrick movie. And we... Really it's also a movie that's a, some... it's important to us that movie. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. One of my was on my top ten favorite yeah, list. Yeah. But yeah, a movie that that you know we really wanted to get right and and I think we did. I thought we cracked into some real layers in that one. Yeah, yeah you guys you guys left no stone unturned in that. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah it was a really, really great episode. Yeah, I, I would say both that one and the one that already brought up the, the Godfather both Godfather episodes. There's like a it's like a, you know, it's obviously this is fun for us. We have a blast doing it. But when you get to episodes like that, there's a little bit of a burden of there's like, pressure, oh, God, yeah. I got to get this right. You know? yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. And so many people have said so much about those movies and you don't want to be, you want to. You don't want to be, re- you don't want to be redundant. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, good memories from all of us. And, you know, you didn't think you were going to get through this without uh, hearing from the great Joey R. And uh, he's going to, he's going to chime in now with some of his uh, BPC memories. Uh, Joey. Oh, very happy to be here. Been so quiet all night. Yes. <laughs> Swooping into the Hurt Locker fourth anniversary episode four years, Joseph. It's unbelievable that it's four years that we've been doing this. And... Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Uh, so wanted to ask you, um, this past year, this, now that it's uh, in the books here, um, just highlight an, an episode that either you were on or you enjoyed listening to, something from the last year of BPC. Yeah, I think my favorite episode, I mean, it's the rankings are always the top ones, but I think like movie, it's Parasite. Yeah. I love that episode so much. The first time I, re- I recorded with Jay. Mm. So just. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, I just loved everything about it and uh, just love that episode. I think it's a great one. I think it's one of our best. So I really, I really appreciate that episode a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and uh, I had to ask too, if just we pull a memory from BPC past, uh, either Either something funny or something um, enjoyable or something from the last four years of BPC. You know, again, the rankings, just how absolutely unbelievable they are and so much fun. But um, I I think the Sound of Music episode and just slowly unraveling how much Artie really loved that movie when I did not expect that (laughs) is just something I think about. Like every time that movie comes up, I just think about that episode where I was like, oh, man, I was like, I don't think Artie's going to like this and how much he loved it and just watching that unfold was hysterical yes yes that was our our, our first fourth of july episode yep. there. who who knew uh that the fireworks would really be going off there as we discussed sound of music so yeah definitely one of one of uh, the fonder memories of episodes for me too so it was just so random never you never know what to expect and that's that's well you know i think that's one thing we've learned through doing so many of these yes yes well we have to um sort of say uh, podcast goodbye here to you uh, for for this section, but, you know, we're going to, uh, we'll have you back here at the end of the episode to discuss your Christmas movie and uh, maybe some, some other stuff too, so. Going to go take a nap again, guys. What'd you think about those memories there? Uh, great episode you picked there, and those memories are spot on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks to the uh, luxuries of technology, we bring you and we brought you Joey Aaron and many other voices here from uh, the 
the BPC family. Hey, this is Action Steve, and ladies and gentlemen, gather around because we're celebrating the four-year anniversary of the best picture cast. Oh yeah, you heard it right. Four years of pure cinematic chaos. And I've been right in the ring, co-hosting some of the wildest episodes and throwing down in the epic BPC film tournaments. From day one, it was all about friends coming together to shoot the breeze about films. But let me tell you something, folks. It's evolved. It's morphed into something beyond your wildest dreams. Something polished. Something professional. Yet still as edgy as a steel chair to the back. I've seen it all. The highs. The lows. The epic battles all over the best of the best in cinema. The best picture cast ain't just a podcast. It's a force to be reckoned with in the world of film discussion. So here's to you, gentlemen of the best picture cast, keeping it rolling, keeping it raw, and keeping us entertained. Happy four years of tearing up the airwaves. And remember, in the ring of cinema, there's only one podcast that stands tall. That's the best picture cast. Cheers to the kings of the cinematic squared circle. Let's start cracking into what we're talking about today, The Hurt Locker. This is our anniversary episode. Uh, we we tend to try to pick a uh, a wartime movie here every time we have an anniversary. I don't know why it just kind of turned out that way. The first uh, anniversary was Platoon. The second one, we talked a little bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, the third one, it was all quiet on the Western Front. And uh, here we are today for number four. It's it's a little more of a modern war, and it's the Hurt Locker. So I'm going to ask you uh, first, Chris, what are your earliest memories of, Her- of Hurt Locker? When did you see it first? When were you first introduced right. to it? So this is my first watch. Oh, this is a first watch for you. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen this movie. I, it's w- always been on my radar. It's always one I knew I, I wanted to see and I would see at some point, obviously based on the podcast. I'm, I'm going to see it at some point. Um, it's one I I knew a lot about only because it was a big deal when it when it won Best Picture, Female Director. Mm of a war movie. It was kind of a big deal. So I, I'm, it was very much in my, in my consciousness, just first watch. Yeah. And you'd obviously knew you'd get to it, it being a best picture winner. So exactly. Like I knew at some point I was going to see it. So yeah. Grant, how about you? Um, I think around the time where it won the Oscar, I'm not sure if it was before or after I got my hands on the DVD of it, uh, from blockbuster and, uh, to buy, not to rent. And uh, so I still have it, but I one that I didn't, um, I never revisited until till now, basically. I, my first time seeing it was very similar to you, Grant. It was okay. it was at the time uh, with, you know, just I think probably one, get it on DVD. And, and it's and also it it's also yeah. a movie that a a, uh, a guy in his twenties would probably go out to go out of their way to watch. Too, yeah, yeah. You know? Ar- Artie, how about you? Was it? My first watch was right after. It won Best Picture on Blu-ray in so, Club 270. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, the J Brothers. <laughs> With uh, the J Brothers. Yeah, now I will say there is a difference between my experience with the first watch I had and my most recent watches. So Ooh, we'll get into that. Tantalizing. Okay. Yeah, th- and this one was pretty fresh in the mind. Cause I, about, I watched it probably about a year and a half ago. I, I guessed it on the... Um, and the Oscar doesn't go to podcast with with Sam Meltzer. We, we covered up in the air for that one, and I kind of revisited some of the other ones because it was an Oscar talk podcast. So, uh, so this was pretty fresh in my mind on this watch here. So there wasn't you know any any kind of hugely new reactions or anything to it. I had a pretty 
pretty good grass coming in. So just some initial thoughts, uh, Chris, on this one. Uh, you kind of mentioned on the side that you didn't find this one hugely rewatchable. What uh, what were your what were you meaning by that one there? Well, I think what I'm what I meant by it was it, it is a it's an extremely entertaining movie that I enjoyed on a lot of levels, but it content wise, I mean, it, it is it's a tough hang. You know, mm. there, there's the subject matter is is rough, and I don't know if it's something that you're necessarily going to go back. Oh, I need to watch the Hurt Locker again. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, however, um, there's aspects of it that are really compelling and and harrowing. I think I used a, a word uh, in a text with yeah, you, like yeah. it's harrowing. You know, like yeah, uh, it's it's there's a, there's a lot to be desired with this movie, but uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily go back and just. Hey man, you want to watch this? This is great. You know, it wouldn't be that. You know, it's yeah. like uh, harrowing. Certainly a word we used last year's anniversary episode with "All Quiet in the Western Front." Absolutely. Yeah. And here we are yeah. talking a conflict a hundred years later with uh, using the same word. But uh, Grant, uh, thoughts on that? Agree, disagree? Yeah, I, I um, I, I don't think this movie is. When you say the movie is uh, not rewatchable, that it's it's not because it's not because of the quality of the movie. To Absolutely. me, I think it's just because of. The, the subject material and it's not like a movie that makes you feel all that good yeah so it's um yeah it's it's not it's not a movie that you, you're just like oh well, let me just pop this on yeah. it's not an yeah. indictment of the quality that's yeah a, that's a really good point yeah it's yeah. it's you know there's there are some movies that are like cimarron is it's not rewatchable <laughs> right, for, right, for right. very different yeah. reasons right, right. than than her locker is yeah Artie, what about you with some uh, opening thoughts i i don't um find this movie to be too effective with an a to mm. me with the subject material like that doesn't war stuff doesn't bother me doesn't like get to me doesn't irk me or anything interesting that wouldn't prevent me from rewatching it okay hmm. um and yeah, it's also uh, not super gory or anything I, like that i there's one scene that's bad but everything else is yeah i pretty. don't have the same reaction i those war thing especially modern warfare affects me deeply like i I put myself in that situation. It's much easier and, to, yeah. And then I, it really affects me because I'm like, I don't know. I, I, well, I do know that I would not be able to handle that situation. <laughs> and yeah. so it really deeply affects me. So, and in that way, the movie works and also makes me not want to keep going back and watching it. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, I had, I had quite a few friends I went to school with who served over yeah. overseas over there. And, you know, so from that, you know, from that standpoint, I remember saying goodbye to them and not knowing whether they were going to come back or not. Right. And, and, you know, thankfully, the ones that I knew did. Uh, and I even got to speak to one of them today in, in anticipation of this podcast. And he gave me some some content to use. Well, I'm sure he loved this movie. Uh, <laughs> you can't see Grant's yeah. face. Here, uh, but, veterans hate this movie. Uh, yeah, he, he's, he gave me some content for the nitpick zone. I'll veterans, put it yeah. well. veterans tend to hate. Military oh, movies. Military they're they're movies. too close to it. I've, I've had yeah. other. Uh, I've had people in my life uh not this movie but other movies uh they did they weren't fans we'll, we'll get into it as we go it would yeah. be like it's like it's like it, it's like you're you know like you guys you know ran the bar like watching cockchip like that's bullshit oh, they would exactly. never do that in comedy. yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or, or watching bar rescue i want to scream <laughs> you know like hey, that's bar science chris yeah but so we'll get to some of those thoughts when we when we head into that nitpick zone he gave me some uh some some real life nitpicks oh, and, sure. and, and a couple things that he thought were were spot on to right. so Hey guys, this is Joe B. from Chariots of Fire and the Deer Hunter episodes. Want to wish you a happy fourth anniversary. It's one of my favorite podcasts because I watch movies that I normally never would. 
like The Lost Weekend, which is now one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite podcast episodes. Can't wait to see what year five brings. For me, you know, I'll use a, I'll borrow a term from our friends over at the Talking Horror Podcast. I had a lot of likes and gripes for this okay. one. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a mixed bag for me. You know, some movies we talk about, you know, like, oh, this is a masterpiece, and we just kind of wax poetic about how great it is. And other ones were like, how did this win Best Picture? This is terrible, and it's yeah. just a roast session. This is not either. This is very much in the middle for me. I, I have, I, I'm glad you said that, because that's exactly how I felt about it. Yeah, so I mean, good. I have some things that I admire about this movie that I thought they did really well, and some other things that didn't really work for me if we're talking about, like, art. I'm know? curious that the things we're talking about, are, if they align or not. Maybe yeah. you have different things well, that, well, you know, I'm just We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But one thing I do want to shout out is is the movie's pace like a rocket. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's 45 yeah. minutes in, I blink an eye. I'm like, oh my God, it's, yeah, you know, what, how, how did we get here already? Talk about that. It's maybe some, that maybe the movie took some hit from an artistic standpoint because of that. Uh, what do you say, guys? Are we ready to uh, to hop right into it? That's good. Yes. Okay. Sure. I want to I remind the listener, too, uh, if you listen to our Christmas episode, you know, we did our Secret Santa and at the end of this, uh, the end of this episode, we're gonna kick around some of our Secret Santa assignments and what we thought about that too. Okay, we are headed back to the year 2009, 15 years ago, believe it or not. It was 15 years ago, 2009. And on January 20th, 2009, Barack Obama was inaugurated into office as the 44th U.S. President. Obama, who served as a U.S. and state senator for Illinois, was a graduate of Columbia University. And Chris, do you know my connection with Columbia University? <laughs> what is it, Kieran? Tell I me. I set foot on the campus once. Oh, yes, wonderful. That's right. Oh. I went to a, um, a... Chris, do you have a better connection? <laughs> <laughs> I do happen to have a better connection. I, I dated a girl that got her master's from Columbia, and I spent a lot of time there. Ah, yeah. Much better. Yeah. Much better it than is. mine. I yeah. went to a, a, a college football tailgate, and I don't think I saw any of the game. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. <sighs> and Grant, you got your graduate degree on uh, in in musical, musicals on film. Yep, when I was twelve, Korea. when I was twelve years old. That was yes. that was before Yale and Harvard, huh? Yeah, wow. I, a I regular. Did, then I went out west to Stanford. Oh wow! That's where he studied yeah. podcast editing. <laughs> <laughs> regular Doogie Hauser. The two thousand nine World Series. Oh boy, this is number twenty seven for the New York Yankees, folks. They have 27 championships more than anyone in the league, and this was the last time and they won. Anyone in sports, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, might, might be right. More championships than anybody in that sports. might be right, yep. yeah. No, it's no, definitely uh, right. Not the, what, the Canadians second? 24. The, okay, so the Canadians are, but they're second. They're, they're second. Yeah. yeah. Boston, yeah. I think Celtics are next or something like that. Yeah. You know, I watched this World Series game with the Jay brothers, the guys I watched oh, yeah, Locker with. Yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was on a plane to Puerto Rico not watching game six of this one. <laughs> this is... My personal least favorite World Series in the history of the sport. <laughs> I did not know what team to, to cheer for here. Is the uh, New York Yankees defeated the Philadelphia Phillies in oh, six yeah. games? It was just a true, and it would have been the Phillies' second winning second in a row. row yeah, yeah so it was yeah. just like damned if you do, damned if you don't think. So I just hopped on a plane and went to Puerto Rico. And just... <laughs> And let everyone else worry about it. The Yankees uh, were decorated with a group of prize free agent signings alongside their celebrated core of 90s champions. Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Andy Pettit, and Mariano Rivera, of course, are the familiar core. Uh, those hired guns included Mark Teixeira, A.J. Burnett, and C.C. Sabathia. I think a little Nick Swisher in the mix. Uh, and uh, it was a, a postseason where the infamous Alex Rodriguez, quote-unquote, earned his pinstripes having a torrid run through the ALDS, ALCS, and Fall Classic. 
classic. Yeah. This is the one that kind of made all the Yankee fans forgive him a little bit. For a little bit, yeah. yeah. It, it was uh, it was always a little contentious when he was when he was in there, but that you know, World Series fixes everything. It also endeared everyone, CC into everyone's hearts. Oh yeah, but they always loved CC though. But Yankees that was the beginning. CC. I think they got him that season. They did. It was, it was and, and, and Teixeira and, and Burnett. And Burnett. So that's really just. Was, no, was, I, think, since, I think it was a year before, wasn't it? Was it? I thought he was on the Brewers. I'm pretty sure they got all. I think that they year? got a bunch of them. They just like, went, they went realize, ham on the free agent I didn't realize it worked that that quickly. Yeah, the Phillies who had won the title in the previous year won Game One with a shutout by one of Artie's favorites, Cliff Lee, Love left-handed Cliff pitcher. <laughs> It would go on to drop three straight to the Bronx Bombers before finally succumbing to them in Game 6 on the 3rd of November. It was only the third World Series to be played into November. And uh, at the time of this recording, the Phillies were the last defending champions to make a World Series. So when you win a World Series, you don't necessarily get back there the next year. It hasn't nope. happened since 2009. That's crazy. The uh, Yankees were managed by Joe Girardi. World Series MVP was the Japanese star Hideki Matsui. Oh, I love Matsui. He had a great, great series there, too. He was as clutch as it gets. I love him. Yankee Hall of Famers include Derek Jeter and Mariana Rivera. Phillies Hall of Famer includes Darty. Any idea? Uh, Halliday? Pedro Martinez. Oh, good guess, though. That's a good guess. Pedro Martinez. was. Uh, I think that might have been his final season. Oh, that's right. I always forget he was a Philly. Yeah. yeah. And one of those I- weird ones. <laughs> yeah. I think on this one, Halloween was game f- uh, was game five. It was either game four or game five, and Andy Pettit pitched. And this, if you ever see that graphic on Instagram, uh, postseason RBIs, Andy Pettit one, Mike Trout zero. This was the series that Pettit <laughs> oh, got wow. that and drove in um, so drove funny. in that RBI. The number one Billboard song of two thousand nine, a true classic. Do you, oh, you oh, want to put throw a guess out there? Can I get get a guess? Sure. We're all gonna get a guess. Sex on fire. Ooh, no. I do have a Kings of Leon uh, in the mix here, okay. but that's not number Shana. one. All right. Hmm. These, guys, oh, had, oh, these guys oh. had a few. Mr. Brightside? No. No, no that, that was, was earlier. Guess, yeah, I think that was a little earlier. I think it's 07 uh, now, yeah, A little earlier. That and, like, and that yeah. had more success like after the fact than it did as from, from a pop standpoint. It was a hit. It was a hit, but... Um, it was. I'm not really in tune with the pop charts. Yeah, fair. There's some guys. There's a girl in there. Oh, oh. Paramore? Uh, no, uh, that is. Are they like folky? No. Oh, uh, it's not no it was, doubt, is it? No, it's, I would, uh, no, a, wouldn't be no doubt. It's a food hamburger. <laughs> They're bringing you that boom boom pow. Oh, black they are eyed the peas. black eyed peas uh, with boom. boom I was thinking pow. of good music. Oh, well, I was thinking of <laughs> confused as to what segment. I was thinking of like Mumford and, and Son or one of those. Yeah, uh, no. okay. Oh, black Mumford keys. potatoes. <laughs> it was the Black Eyed Peas. Yes. Which, which 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 song? Boom boom pow. Oh okay. Yes, yes of course. Uh, they had another hit. That good year, good too. night. That one. Uh, uh, I got a feeling. I got yes, a feeling. That is the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah. The hit they had. I didn't know what it was called. Well, yeah, they, they have a bunch. Uh, yeah, but those were the yeah. two tops of that year. I think. Oh, so that, uh, I got a feeling was like the third song. So they had one one two. What a time to be alive. Yes, when the Black Eyed Peas were running. Yeah, the recession just happened. Really. Apex America. <laughs> yeah. Apex America. Gaga had a pair of songs in the Ooh. mix here. Just Dance and Poker Face. So that's early yeah. Gaga. That's early Gaga. This is, yeah, I mean, Just that's Dance like, was like, her hitting the scene. Yeah. She went she went viral on yeah. uh, on YouTube, one of the first like viral successes. Yeah. Right Round by the incomparable Flo Rida. Okay. Could forget oh. these, these timeless classics. Oh. Um, I'm <laughs> Yours by Jason Mraz. Oh okay. God! I can't even. Brutal. I can't even hear that one in my head. I, 
Uh, you really? You, it's uh, once you sing it, I would know it. Yeah. Well, that, maybe not well, Chris. If Grant, that's a ukulele song, right? That's <laughs> yeah. one of the that was, yeah, ukulele that, right there. Ukulele Chris. had a moment, and that was a right, right there. Yep, and I think it broke Nickelback's record of like the most frequently played song on uh, on radio. What's yeah. it called? It's you. I'm, I'm yours. yours. I'm, I'm yours. yours. You would know it if you heard it, you, dude. Yeah. You would. <laughs> the other ukulele song that was uh, made the ukulele famous is the one from. Wizard of Oz. Yes. You know, the, yes, the cover. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that gets somewhere, yeah, big, somewhere same, over same time around the, the same big time. Hawaiian right around the same time, yeah. Ukul- the year of the ukulele. Yep. Uh, and Chris, you mentioned Kings of Leon, but it was used somebody oh, on the billboard charts. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. 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 And we have to end <laughs> we have to end with a couple of Taylor Swift songs, both very big that year. Oh. Still play in the bars every weekend night uh, to this very day. Yeah. And they would be You Belong With Me and yeah. Love Story. So. My six-year-old loves big, those songs. Big house of Taylor Swift these days. Uh, yes. Dahlia yeah. is very, very yeah. into it. Artie, you're yeah, still my, like, my, my depriving daughter your daughters of, of Taylor Swift. Well, they just have no interest. They like okay. Honestly, German man, metalcore. If I, <laughs> yeah, okay. They just happen to like that, right? Um, well, they have I, a cool dad. Yeah. You can't have the certainty you listen to Gojira. I, I prefer to let my children, you know, find their own way. If she has to listen to something, man, it ain't bad. Like, there's worse things than Taylor Swift, uh, I'll be honest I with Definitely you. agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think my, my daughter went to camp this summer, and she came back loving Taylor Swift. Yeah. But she also loves, like, she also likes Prince and Metallica and Queen. So yeah. I'm like, all right, so I'm, I'm doing something right. Good choice. So now it doesn't help that my wife has an active hatred for Taylor Swift. She, like, doesn't like any of her music. So. Oh, neither does Katie. So it doesn't get played ever. She's never exposed Maddie's to it. Maddie's the only one that plays it. They think... don't have Sirius XM accounts on their own yet. Chris, I, I think we were hanging out, and uh, and uh, your daughter came in the room, and and uh, and you asked, you, do you like Taylor Swift? She goes, I love Taylor Swift. She's like, does, does uh, Olive, Artie's daughter, like Taylor Swift? She goes, no, nah, her mom hates Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there you go. Yep, yep, that's right. Hi, Kieran. It's Danielle from Braveheart and West Side Story. Just sending lots of love and congratulations to you and the whole BPC team. Another year well done. I'm so proud of you all and can't wait to join again soon. Happy anniversary. So The Hurt Locker was the winner of the Best Picture Award at the Oscars. It was uh, directed and produced by Catherine Bigelow. Original screenplay written by wartime reporter Mark Bull. Music by Marco Bertram and Buck Sanders. Cinematography by Barry Aykroyd, uh, who also photographed The Big Short. Speaking of the housing crisis, um, Captain <laughs> Phillips and the Wind That Shakes the Barley. A real good one there. So it's, it's kind of an underrated DP. Uh, film editing by Chris Innes and Bob Murawski. The Hurt Locker is starring Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, Brian Garrity, Guy Pierce, Evangeline Lilly, Christian Camargo, David Morse, and pod favorite Rafe Fines. It was nominated for nine Oscars. It was the winner of six Best Picture, Best Director, Catherine Bigelow, Best Original Screenplay, Mark Bowl. It won for film editing. It won for sound mixing. It won for sound editing. Was nominated for, but did not win. Best Actor, Jeremy Renner. Also, Cinematography. And Score. Hurt Locker is a 7.5 on the IMDb rankings. It is not on the top 250 list. We had a $15 million budget. And, uh... Didn't do so well in the box office. It's grossed fourteen point seven million initially. Really, initially, yes, but it's, it I'm sure is. it made it up in the long run. 
And that's what it got DVD domestically. Sales, yeah. Worldwide. Well, once it, it wins an Oscar, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Worldwide, it, it got up to $49 yeah. million. Yeah. It's the lowest grossing Best Picture winner of all time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's quite one a, of only... Quite a low budget, though, for a war it movie? It was a low budget. They had that's no pretty budget. Low budget. They, you can yeah. tell when you watch it, too. It's I know, but I, 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 I think it works. But okay, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, they privately funded it. They privately oh, funded wow. It, interesting. So, yeah. Really interesting. It's uh, one of only two Best Picture winners never to crack the top ten at the box office at any point. And the wow. other one was uh, Moonlight. There we have it. That's uh, that's Hurt Locker. Good podcast, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Trivia question quick, if you want. Oh, one. sure. Yeah, go. These are always fun. Uh, do you think this is higher or lower than Argo on IMDb? Higher. Uh, I think this is what lower. What did we say? Seven five. Seven five. I bet you Argo I'd seven six. Do you think it's higher think too? It's, higher. it's Argo seven seven, and this is oh, seven five. Argo's higher. Wow, yeah. isn't that interesting? Okay, so Argo's more Argo's more accessible. A little more lighthearted. Yeah. Argo is more accessible. <laughs> not exactly lighthearted, but it's. I think it's the it, ending. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's, it's, it's really. Yeah. Da- it's not really. Yeah, there's some. There's <laughs> some really upsetting. Hey, listen, it has it has Dance the Night Away by Van Halen in it. It's it's automatically more lighthearted. Both well paced though. Both well paced. And my favorite. Led Zeppelin song too. Oh, uh, which, when, the, when the levees when break. The levee breaks. That's yeah, mine that's, too. Yeah. That's my favorite Led Zeppelin yeah. song. All the good songs that they never wrote. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that, Kieran? That you whispered to me about Led oh, Zeppelin? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is not the, uh, the get off my music lawn. You no, had your chance is, with Taylor Swift. This, you were actually very nice. You know that the Swifties are. are this is the segment where they can make your break. You. Yeah. I think yeah. they carried off that poor host of the Golden Globes, and <laughs> oh, no one's seen yeah. him since. <laughs> oh, his career's over. His Instagram's been taken down. They put him, has in, it? They put him in the giant Taylor Swift wicker man. <laughs> yeah. Hi, hello, and holy shit. I'm Adam. And I'm Melissa. And we're the Freezers. And we're just dropping in on whatever episode this is probably going to be on. Um, wishing the guys at BPC a happy anniversary. So whether that's Kieran butchering the names of foreign diplomats <laughs> or Grant doing impressions or everybody hating Artie, um, we just wanted to say happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. I have a, I have some a couple strengths I wanted to point out right off the bat. Okay, which means that you're going to really get into the weaknesses in, in a little bit. Then. But no, go, go, with the, go with the strengths. I have some obvious things I think we're all going to touch on that is a good way to start. Okay. I think the Obviously, the cinematography and the camera work is exceptional in this. Yeah. I agree. I don't think everyone in the world agrees, though, right? Is that a thing? uh, I think there's a lot of criticism of, like... The shaky cam, the, the shaky the, cam, the hand. Oh, I think that's yeah. what I think that that's what makes this movie work so I, well. I, I agree, and yeah. I think I think what makes you feel like this is like Real. you're part of yeah, you, what's happening. Yeah. is that I think it also has been done since then quite a bit. So I think when you watch it now, it can seem an awful lot like oh, this again, like a lot of shaky hand cam to make me feel. However. I think at the time it was pretty innovative and it really does make you feel like you're a part of the action. Yeah. I think the combination of that documentary style camera work mixed with the intense slow-mo of the explosions. Yeah. Yes. But also the sound and then the use of silence to build tension. Absolutely. When yeah. you just yeah. hear footsteps yeah. and the the radio kicks in out of nowhere like Oh, the sound in this or, or, or like the when sound the, is that's tremendous. When it, the windshield wipers turned on in the car Great yeah. use of sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. great. It's Those two things, to me, are just perfect throughout this movie. The, the camera the, work and the, the sound. The use of the slow motion of the metal um, actually being pulled, like, suctioned in the rusted metal car being pushed in during the explosion. 
pulled in mm-hmm. is like and just the slow motion the, the sound it's phenomenal i just it's, love it yeah they they use like the, the high frame rate cameras yeah. for that stuff the super slow-mo things the uh Aykroyd, the the cinematographer he talks about using how sculptors use both like bronze and marble in the same sculpture so it's like you don't have to use just one thing like oh, wow like because it because those things like they are they feel kind of out of place but it really works for some reason yeah yeah and that's kind of thing it's like he's using two different mediums for one for one work yeah and which does, i think is really interesting the camera work kind of tells its own story it it emulates being on the ground in war where it's really intense and everything's confusing and you can't really see what's going on but then there's this intense moment like an explosion where everything kind of freezes and slows down and then you have to just kind of deal with the after process it, yeah, yeah. He really does a great job of capturing that. They, they, they also, I, I think they use that thing where, it, like you said, it, it gets real silent. Um, so I know people who have gotten, um, for instance, like traumatic news, and they describe something similar happening to them where they lose their hearing for a, a split second. So like that is super effective. I, a la I, Breaking Bad, right? He, it's been just, used a lot, yeah. Breaking Bad, yeah. yeah. But that is a real thing. I have a family member that that has happened to. He's like, that's exactly what happens when you hear something that you can't comprehend or you can't process. Um, and they, they, all those like sensory details they use in this movie are really effective. Like, mm. and and I just have to say the application of score as well, and and yeah. most specifically when not to use score, when right. to yeah. let it drop yeah. out. Yeah, right. let's let that tension build through silence. Yeah. This comes what two years after No Country for Old Men, which was absence of score completely and no just score all, at all silent tension, yeah. which so, also works in its own way. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, one of the reasons that I love this uh, use of of camera work, and I guess how I guess Chris, I get your point. Maybe people feel that it's, it's become overused it's, in in recent since times. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't didn't bother me at all. And I think this is a movie you have to feel like you're coming from the ground on. You know, you're you're yes. it's like, this is infantry. You know, you have to be a foot soldier along with you them. have to feel yeah. like what he's doing is going to affect you like okay, so he's trying to dismantle a bomb, whoever he is. There's multiple characters, right? Yeah. They're doing this. You have to feel as if what he's doing is going to affect you directly. Mm. If he doesn't defuse this, you're, I'm going to be you're, blown you're up. Dead, yeah. yeah. That and that they do a unbelievable job of of making you feel that way. Yeah, and that's why when that windshield wiper goes, and you, you just can't not jump. Oh my yeah. god, it goes straight to the heart. Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's something special about this where I, I think few movies can really capture. It's when you're watching something, you can almost imagine what the place feels like or smells like. Yes. It, it kind of triggers other senses in it just by feeling so realistic. Yeah. And I feel like the Hurt Locker does that. And looking also, um, the use of color, the way they, it's it's very washed out. It, I mean, it it's feels a like saturated you are, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It feels like you are there in the desert. It really does a great job of making you feel like you're you're in that environment, you know? To shift gears abruptly, Artie, I'm just curious already. I think let's let's not waste time. Give us some of your some of your issues with it. I mean, I don't want to just punch the guy in the uh, face. I think but, it's time. Um, here we go. Uh, well, okay. Let's give give me some of your issues that are not related to Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are let's gonna put, get. I think you're gonna get some pushback about that. Let's put me. Jeremy Renner on the side for now. Um. So I first saw this movie. I don't know, 
16 years ago. What, how yeah, many years 15 ago? Years ago 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was really impressed. It was very effective. I was felt every minute of tension. Really liked it. Actually, what we watched it a couple times in a matter of days. And this rewatch, I didn't get all that tension the way I did that first one. And then on my second rewatch recently, really didn't get it. I really actually started to feel like I was just watching a movie and not as much of a film, just kind of like a like a really good action movie. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's almost a little unfair because you know how it ends. Right. So, so like, so when you, when you see a movie, obviously when you know that he survives all of this, it's not going to be as tense. Right. I get it. But man on fire still works every time I watch it. And I know the end to that. Okay. Yeah. I think that maybe the difference in, in your two discussion right now is, is, is referring to tension. And of course, when you watch a movie back to back in a 48 hour period, the same tension isn't going to be there, but with a real strong film, there's other things there to draw you in as a viewer and and to to make the art sing. And I think the problem with this film is that beyond the tension and some slick camera work and some nice sound design, I don't know that there's a whole hell of a lot else. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, you just led you just you just walked us down the path of where I'm going to go. This movie doesn't really have a plot. It really if you think it's a, it's a series of situations that these people find themselves in and yes they create the world we understand what they are doing why they are there and what they are doing but there's no trajectory from this person's coming going from this place and their the story arc is going to this place they're just in a series of situations and those situations are tense there's no real actual plot in this movie. I think that's yeah, a choice made by the screenwriter and Catherine Bigelow to kind of make a metaphor for the war that sure. was going on. It's like, like that there's no... There is no point. It's I just get doing it over yeah. and over. But this is a movie we're watching. Yeah, yeah I mean, not every... <laughs> right, it sacrificed a little by choosing that. There, It's a character study. And Fair not enough. every movie needs needs a plot like this. Like and that and that was that was exactly what the screenwriter wanted to do because he's he was saying that like there is a mundane element to war where you do the same thing every day and I think they were trying to capture that where it's not an overarching plot but it's just like it's like okay you wake up and then you do something then you do another thing and then you do another thing I'll argue that you can do both at the same time if done correctly but. So you kind of said this already, but to answer your question to me more broadly, what are some of the weaknesses? I could tighten that answer up. I think this, the the camera work and the sound are the maybe the only strengths, mm. and everything else is wow. a little lackluster. Well, I really yeah, curious what you have to say. I, I think you know to to call it a character study. I don't I don't think you're wrong. I think that that is the intention of this too. But where that falls short to me is the lack of characterization Absolutely. and development okay. of the characters in it. You know, there's their interaction with each other, the, what's how they're developed. And I guess, you know, we can go back to the old fallback with, well, they're just soldiers and they're lit. But like, we do need to give us a little more. And yeah. No, sorry. I don't want to interrupt, but I, I want to add to what you're saying. The three main characters in this movie are super war stereotypes. Yes. Of uh, I've seen we've seen them a million times. It's the the loose cannon who doesn't care if he lives or dies. Man, he's just gonna do whatever he has to do. 
it's the the uptight control freak and it's the the ignorant inexperienced rookie i mean yep. jesus how many times have we seen those three characters and like so if you're talking about a character study this ain't got it it's not there also nothing happens to Renner's character he's just an adrenaline junkie who stays an adrenaline junkie and has situations where he gets to live that out and that's really it I mean that's the kind of the point of the movie where like he where he does all this stuff and he gets his he gets to go home and all he wants to do is go back and do the same shit over again the the point is that but we've seen that a lot Grant right like when uh, I think so uh, a character that all he wants to do is go back to the war. He, I mean, I think over, I mean, I, I don't, I can't come up with one off the top of my head, but I feel like that character has been done a million times. Kieran, you, can you think of anything? Like, well, I mean, like, I would go to the deer hunter and, you, you right. know, um, you, maybe Christopher Walken not wanting to go home. It's not, it's not exactly. Patton yeah. maybe even like Patton uh, was like that, that character was kind of like yeah. that, right? Yeah. I, I don't think, I, you know, I, I don't have off the top of my head ready for like an exact example of, of the Jeremy Renner's thing. And I do think that they are saying something with his character. I do think it's a little jam stuffed into the last five minutes of the movie. Like, I, I don't think yeah. we get like that story told throughout the two hours. I feel like we get him. The problem is, my biggest problem with this movie here is, is that it's just set piece after set piece after set piece after set piece. Exactly. And then in the end, they're trying to tell a story. Whereas, you know, Artie, we, we recently saw Barry Lyndon and, you know, one of our comments to each other and was, well, it's kind of cool how, like, the movie's just a bunch of set pieces tied together. But what made it great was, is that there was this overarching character throughout it and his story was told through the set pieces and then throw on all the visuals on top of it. Right. That's a really well-told story. And the character changed with this each was, one. Right. This is just literally different set pieces of them defusing bombs. Yeah. And it moves really fast, and it's really exciting to watch. It's entertaining. Fun to watch. It's I, very I entertaining. really like the movie in a lot of ways. Like, it, it's not... Again, I think you said at the beginning... I'm not sitting here saying this movie sucks. No, because it doesn't. It's, it it's doesn't a, suck. It's, it's an effective movie. Absolutely. And I think it's, it is showing you some things that are really important to, for us to see. But what makes it not maybe a great movie is that it's just a series of events. See, yeah. Let, let's, you, go, you guys talked about this on the French Connection episode where action is development. And I think the same things can happen because every time they do a bomb, they they do a bomb. There's a different, like the dynamic plays out a little bit differently. And I think that I think the characters develop not not develop as a not individually, but as the as the three of them, like their the relationships kind of change. And you see, well, like how you see, uh, you know, you see Jeremy Renner in the first two bombs and how he's been he's always by himself doing what he wants and then the sniper thing happens and all of a sudden he's compassionate and he's supportive and he's able to do these things so you you can kind of tell that there's there's like two different versions of him there's like the soldier and then there's the bomb tech well there's the the guy the the skill that he has which is the bomb tech and then he's there's the skill that um, I'm sorry, I'm Anthony um, Mackey. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Mackey's character has as a sniper that he doesn't have. So then his job is to support him in that role. Right. That was I. I, and he, and I, I did also, like that. He's also very supportive of Eldridge, who was like having a really hard time. Yes. And yeah. he was able to kind of coach him through this. And well, they do show that throughout the movie that he has a capacity to care about another, even though he seems selfish in a lot of ways. Um, 
when he's doing he's, his thing. He's still, he's still a soldier. Yeah, and, he's still, and he still yeah. is there to also support his, his fellow, uh, uh, and even the lo- a local kid. You know, he, he's, he cares about what's happening on a broader level than just, right. I'm here to do my this thing right. I love, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's Adam from over at the streaming circuit. Four years. Wow. Wanted to wish Kieran, Joey, Grant, Chris, and the other guy a happy anniversary. What a great run you guys have gone on. So many great episodes like Parasite and It and Muppet Christmas Carol and on and on. I particularly enjoyed your Rain Man revisit where I picked Lenny as the LVP. Thought that was a truly inspired pick. Nicely done by me. Uh, I've had a blast getting to know you guys the past couple years. And hopefully there are many more collaborations to come. Here's to hoping you guys make it for like at least 10 more episodes. Love you guys. I guess we go into Jeremy Renner now here. Okay, Artie, let's have it. Jeremy Renner. Let's share share some thoughts. I'm not going to do my usual. I, I <laughs> He's not like pathetically bad in this. <laughs> but the scenes where he he needs to do something, he fails. He's He's good at the camaraderie stuff, you know, shooting the shit, <laughs> just being Jeremy Renner. But you know, this crying scene in in the shower with the equipment on, like that's not even this is it wasn't even acting. It was like okay, Artie's Jeremy Renner problems continue here. It's just I have nothing else to say. I don't well, think he's a good Jeremy, actor. I just see Jeremy Renner trying to act like this, it's not the Jeremy good. Renner syndrome. Yeah, it's, he's got he's got it, man. Uh, the I, new variant. I am gonna disagree <laughs> yeah, here with me this. Too. I, I think he's good in this. Right. Uh, I think this is up there. I, I think this. I think this I is think his this, best performance. This yeah. might be the the character he was born to play. Is this, yeah. this it was guy. It just so happened to be like his first one. <laughs> yeah. right. He kind of started at peak. <laughs> Sometimes and, that happens. Yeah, that happens. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when he's you know when he's smoking the cigarette after getting through that that very stressful car on fire into massive amount of explosives in the in the trunk. Uh, and he's having a cigarette, and Anthony oh, Mackie comes yeah. by and punches him in the face. His his like reaction after that, I, I thought was pretty good. Um, it was just like, all right, all right yeah, yeah. Uh, I I dug that. I thought he had some good facial reactions and things. Um, I have some issues. You know, I, I actually really liked Anthony Mackie in this too. I, I thought they were both yeah. they were both good. But I have some issues with some of the material they were given. The the stuff in the in the bunks with them wrestling and drinking. And not a fan of that. Yeah. Not. I don't know. Not good at all. Well, Grant, you're, Grant, you've yeah, defended I, a little bit. I, I kind of, I kind of get it. It's, well, like, I mean, listen, you're in, you're in the military. You're probably aggro, and I yeah. feel like the best way, the best, the, the best way they know how to blow off steam is to get drunk and fight, and you kind of blow off steam that way, and burn energy that way. You know, they don't like each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, 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 they work with each other and all that. But when Jeremy Redder starts riding him. Right, like on his shoulders, and listen, you've you and I have been drunk, and you've done something to me pretty minute, and I tackled you to the ground. Yeah, I think and, you locked me in a garage. Well, so. you locked me in a garage. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, you locked me in a garage. I got out. I, I, I got out. I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you, man. 
uh, and I, and I got and I got out and like like threw you to the ground and it was yeah. So For the like, listeners, we, we were fifteen. All right, this wasn't like last week. No, um, this was less. Than also, we were playing. We, we were playing one on one basketball. We were playing basketball. And, you, you, and we, your momentum took you into the garage, and I no, kinda, I went no. Uh, you you knocked here's the ball, momentum no. took you into the button that closes it. No, here's exactly here's exactly what happened. Here's exactly oh what my happened. God. Uh, we were playing. You knocked the ball out of my hands. I went into the garage to retrieve it, and then you closed the door. But I was in the garage retrieving the ball. It was like a, it was like a celebrating a, 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 a for the listener. I'm much shorter than Grant, so for me to block a much taller guy it was a little bit of a celebration. Now, granted, the taunting at the end of it by slamming the garage door on him was was immature on my part. And then, like, yeah, Oz was watching. He's like, "Oh no, this uh, is <laughs> this is not going to end well." I think when that garage door opened, my life flashed before me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. like, but like, but but picture that on a like just ratcheted up to yeah. 11 Testo- every, testosterone, testosterone and, like, and, and they're just dealing with life and death and, life and, whiskey, and death you know <laughs> life and death every day it, 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 it is it is it is weird and it's like it's kind of out of nowhere but i i do understand it i don't think it's like great but i do understand it, it. doesn't not fit like right. it fits it's yeah. just uncomfortable to be a part of here's my issue yeah here's my issue here with this though because of how this movie's laid out, we have precious time to develop to develop these characters and their relationships with each other and their what's going on inside their heads. And I don't think they do it well. I think that the, what what they give yeah, us is pedestrian at best. And and you know, I go back to, to Platoon, which has been a a, a, a movie that's been um, widely debated here about the strengths and weaknesses of it. But I think we all agreed that one of the strengths is when they go off to the bunks together and you have the two sides the one listening to Merle Haggard and then the one listening to Smokey Robinson and you know you get you get to learn a little more about these guys and you get to see how they take a break from the wartime and and develop their characters um where I I think this is time wasted for yeah, me yeah yeah these are cuttable scenes and and we need these scenes to make if, you, if we're doing a character study here we need these scenes these scenes to build character and I think they drop the ball this this is uh, a lack of bringing these guys into uh, a situation as actors and making them live together. Like, you know, like kind of like an Oliver Stone situation where he brings them in, he puts them through basic training. He, they build their camaraderie as actors first. And like, you see that, how that works. And then you see this where there, there really is no, uh, there is no chemistry between these actors. I think, uh, Oh, I I disagree. With I think that. yeah, the performances are good. I just don't think together, it doesn't seem real. I, I don't blame that on the me. actors though. I blame that on the script. Yeah. Like, look look, look at be. the Anthony Mackie and his son thing. Is that the best way for us to to develop that character? Like the way they chose to do it, the words they chose. It it right. was kind of like I don't know, man. I'm not ready to have a son. And then later on in the movie, he's like, oh, I want a son. You know, it just was very like. Yeah. And that and the, but this is this is where my action is development thing where he's brushed i think him get being that close to death because the other ones like he wasn't like like the sniper thing was 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 close but this one was like the closest he ever came to death and i think that kind of snapped things into perspective for him so i i think i mean was it laid on very thick yes were things laid on very thick in this movie yes uh but i i do understand that sudden turn Happy fourth anniversary to the Best Picture cast. This is co-host Oz, and I've been lucky enough this year to appear 
on a wide-ranging collection of movies such as All About Eve, Patton, and of course the great Driving Miss Daisy. Watching the growth of the BPC brand this year has been fantastic. It feels like every time I open my Spotify app, one of the co-hosts is appearing on a different podcast. I'm looking forward to this year as we approach really the three quarters mark, which is incredible to think about. We are rapidly approaching the end. And of course, the tournaments. 2024 is the year I win one. Well, no, actually, Grant and Joey will probably win everything again, but that's okay. I will try my best. But either way, I know that 2024 is going to be a great year for BPC. I have a question. Yes. He's not here. Do you guys have any idea what Joey R thought of this movie? I know he liked it when we first when he first saw it. I I, I bet he probably liked jo- it. Joey Joey Joey's tends to be very positive about war movies. He doesn't like the heavy handedness though, like the like you said, laying it on thick. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll have a big old cliffhanger, folks, because you'll find out at the uh, <gasps> end of our season five rankings right? there you go oh my god yeah, you wait, you're gonna be uh, hanging under that cliff for a long wait time seven episodes eight episodes to find out on that let's talk positives here okay my favorite set piece of this uh well it's close because there are a few that are, are intense but man the sniper scene was killer yeah that's uh, great I-, I love me a good sniper scene whether we're talking uh, saving pride ryan or we're talking full metal jacket or uh, but this was, boy, this was a, this was a fun one. You know, yeah. living through the scope. Uh, it's shot really well. You get the the bugs on the eyes. You get the, the dehydration. Um, they really do a good job of like making you feel like I I, 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 thought, I actually was watching it like feeling thirsty myself. Yeah, like, how good did feeling. that Capri Sun look when they oh, got yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Anthony Mackie's eye was red because he yeah. he, didn't, he doesn't close it a lot and it's like getting like there's yeah. sand in there oh, and dry yeah, and everything. Yeah. Uh, the there was a sequence that was edited there where Mackie takes a shot and it hits the wall and then it just goes right to the insurgent's perspective of it and like the wall kind of like puffs mm-hmm. up and it was just like it's just yeah this is something that I, we didn't talk about I mean we, we kind of did with the pacing is a, the editing in this movie is top fucking Absolutely. notch yeah this Very is a much. rare movie too where Catherine Bigelow got final cut. Oh, did she? Oh. Yes. Mm. It worked. Oh, she, she paid for it. She better. <laughs> yeah. a, you know, there's yeah, no yeah, yeah. there's no major major studios involved. It's yeah. You know, she's the producer. So yeah. Sometimes these sniper scenes too, and you know, like I said, they're fun and I like them, but they get very Hollywood. You know, where you know we suspend kind of some of the reality of it, and what was like they're not human. Know, like they, not, they take the humanity out of the. Uh, <clears throat> The act. Yeah. And this, they put the humanity clearly in the act. And even like the timing of it, not that I know what a, what a war time But you can imagine. Thing, but it was kind of cool how you pull the trigger and then there's like this you, little you time lapse yeah. and then you see it. Yeah. You yeah. see the puff. Yeah. You know? um, and then you and have like, to adjust based on that. Yes. The guy's yeah, saying yeah. a little bit to the left, the 70 degrees. You have to adjust right. for the wind and the yeah. bro- really lived in, rotation yeah. of the earth. Yeah. yeah. Really. And, and just, just yeah. <laughs> that your body is taking a t- your body yeah. is reacting to the situation and taking a toll i haven't i don't think i've seen that yet, yet, in another and, movie and you like see this. you see anthony mackie taking calming breaths to lower his yeah, heart rate exactly. to get more steady which is probably more the reality and again yeah, i don't know I, I would yeah i mean I would being imagine. steady is i mean like lowering your heart rate and being calm is part of it yeah and i know they have a partner and like the spotter i've yeah. seen that in other movies there's a movie that directly parallels this movie in a lot of ways it's not as good of a movie um have you guys seen jarhead yeah 
Very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, there, I mean, there's literally that scene, that sniper scene we're referring to. Jarhead has that. Ex- Jarhead came yeah. first, yeah. and Bigelow liked Eldridge's, the actor who plays Eldridge's yeah. performance yeah, was, in, in Jarhead. Yeah, yeah. so th- they a, got there's it. There's an from, influence. There's yeah. an influence there. It's very clear. Mm-hmm. Jarhead is a very flawed movie, and um, I know we spoke. Uh, I don't know if we did. Did we speak about this? Um, that I know. I knew somebody in my life that was in the military, and I liked. I thought Jarhead was effective in a lot of ways, and they hated that movie mm, yeah um, because they were actually in the military and were like that's a joke but this movie has a lot of parallels to that movie and i kept and that was one of the big ones this, the sniper scene is this one was better for sure this took that movie to another level i think well, just want sure. to throw out real quick too is they give us the stakes by killing ray fines too well they like, killed yeah, yeah they killed three guys yeah but but by putting by ray fines getting killed yes. with in in anthony mackie's Quickly. exact slot yeah 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 we understand well, that they could kill well, off anthony well Mackie we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in the nitpick zone but i i my favorite one of my favorite parts of that scene is when they when they shoot at the insurgent that's that's on the ground like oh like out of the building and the guy gets up and he's just like firing his gun wildly <laughs> like <laughs> Just out of, like, instinct, like, obviously yeah, you're not yeah. going to hit him. But. What's up, Best Picture Podcast? This is Chauncey Talese, host of LA Providential. And I just want to congratulate you guys on four wonderful years of this podcast. I'm a huge awards dork, so um, I love this podcast dearly. Uh, my first memory of the show was listening to you guys, uh, well, one of you guys bash Goodfellas, and that offended me to no end. And I'm blessed that I got to come on and talk about The Departed. Not once, but twice. No one also let me talk about The Departed that much. Nor will I ever get into a 20-minute tangent about the New York Mets. So I greatly appreciate that. Um, so I hope you guys have another wonderful four years, and I can't wait to be on again. Thank you for everything. Bye. I do also appreciate that this movie isn't afraid to kill a star very very quickly. I we mean, learned that with Guy Pierce. Guy in the Pierce first scene. dies instantly on yeah. this. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. He, like, there he goes. He, yeah. He got the Drew Barrymore treatment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> shit. I love that. No kidding. Hey, can we? Uh, can we talk about that? Because I feel like Guy Pierce's performance and his chemistry with the two other guys, I feel like if that didn't work, this whole movie would fall yeah. apart. You have to know that they're tight mm-hmm. and these guys are these guys love each other. These guys are are a team and uh, yeah. in the true in the truest sense of the word. And having that ripped out of of Eldridge and, and Sanson's uh sorry, Sanborn's hands right in the beginning. It just kind of sets all sets every literally sets everything in motion. Yeah, and just gotta throw my uh, my regular love for Guy Pierce out there. In general. Oh yeah, I know, oh, you, I know you love it. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I love him great too. Just I, should be in more things. I was sad he was gone so quick. I really yeah. was, but but it was effective, and and uh, I appreciate that about the movie. It really did. It didn't hesitate to to just wipe somebody off the map. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that war. You really care about, you know. It's war. We got yeah. one more scheduled Guy Pierce in the King speech, and then uh, you know, so like, oh, a little more right. time to yeah, throw yeah. some love his way. But little sidebar: What are some other great sniper scenes in movies? Uh, well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean uh, uh, Saving Private Saving Ryan, Private Ryan, Ryan and, and Full yeah, Metal Jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, Those are, are the, the two, two big ones. Big ones. Yeah. I mean, American yeah. Sniper is another great one too. And he, you know, oh yeah, that's toe to toe with the Olympics, the Olympic sniper. Have you seen Shooter? Uh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg, I have not. It's no. not bad. I heard it's good. Yeah, it's kind of good. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't seen that. that. My my stepdad loves it. Yeah, it's um, fun. Yeah. It's a, it's fun. Dirty Harry. I haven't seen that. The, the, the bad guys. I'm are, to, the sniper there's, killer. There's definitely yeah. one on the tip of my tongue. It just can't. 
I can't uh, think of it. Well, there's Sniper with Tom Berenger, but that's, I don't think that's very good. No, I, I don't think we're that. counting that. <laughs> I feel like there's probably one, like probably a good one, like Clear and Present Danger. Blade with Wesley Snipes. Oh, what about Assassins? <gasps> that's a good one. Is that with Antonio Banderas? Yes, it is. Sure is. And Sylvester and Stallone. And Sly and Sharon oh, Stone. Was that that one? <laughs> the Jackal with Bruce Willis. With J- Jack Richard Black. Gear. Where he shoots Jack Black. Oh, my God. He blows his arm off. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, it was a weird scene. That movie that made me that was, feel weird. That's a weird. That's a that's, that's like a, a weird torture movie. scene. Yeah, bleach blonde Bruce Willis. Just... Hi BPC, this is Michael Osborne. I'm here to wish you all a happy fourth anniversary. I was thinking that next year for your five year anniversary, you should throw our huge Best Picture cast costume extravaganza where we all dress as our favorite movie characters. Um, I call Mel Gibson from Braveheart. Happy anniversary again to my favorite podcasters. Chris, I'll have to throw this your way here. I'm already can chime in if you'd like, but um, a lot of dudes in this flick. There's a lot of dudes in the flick, but there is uh, there is one lovely lady, and this is a Lost character appearance. You got uh, Evangeline Lilly, Kate from Lost. Very nice. <laughs> very happy about that. Wow, wow, we were. It's uh, I mean, she's very. It's very much uh, the peak of her existence. Right yeah, there. this is uh, this is prime Lost, right? Is this is probably as Lost as coming to a close, right? Right around 2009. Uh, is it? I think no. so. No, no, no. it was like it 04. Is, no, no, this is right in the middle of it, baby. This, is, oh, this yeah. is right Jesus. prime time lost. Lost, lost is, is like 2004 14. to 2010. Yeah, oh, to 10. 2004 to 2010. Okay, but she's still in the middle of Lost, though. She's she's actually in the Marvel movies as well with Jeremy Renner and with Anthony Mackie. With the Ant-Mans? She's uh, the Wasp, yeah. Guy Pierce is in Iron Man 3. That's right, he is. That's four people That's in Marvel four, movies. Yeah. Was... Uh, See, Ray, was Ray Fiennes in anything? I don't know. <laughs> right? I mean, she's an absolute... <laughs> David Morse in one David Morse? He might have been. She's an absolute queen and yeah, in all, at all time, <laughs> all time. And our third Lost cast member in a Best Picture winner, too. Do Is we have the right? other ones? Well, the guy wait, from, say it again. The guy from Crash. Uh, okay, you, right, you well, got the harder that. one. You yeah. got the tricky wait, 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 one. Wait, wait, to, wait. Right. Say this again. What is so, it, the question? So, uh, our... Are members from Lost who are in Best Picture winners? Oh, it's it's um, yeah, there's, it's um, there's three that we've covered. There is a fourth one too. Yeah, the guy, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, okay, that's Charlie. Uh, is Charlie, in Rings, Charlie yeah. is in there. Yep. and and then her, and then there's one more. Saeed from English Patient. Oh, right. Yep, and <laughs> and as Chris, uh, I'm sorry, as Grant said, uh, Jin is in Crash. Jin is a Crash. Very minor. I don't, role. I don't even think he has oh. any dialogue. Oh. Yeah, he might have like yeah, one he, line. I don't believe he does. Yeah, yeah. A, a little love for David Morse. Uh, throw out there. Love David uh, Morse. I was so psyched to see him, dude. I love it. He's, he's Kieran, great. how do you, what are you a fan of him? Well, from? I have to go first to The Rock. That's where I go the first rock. with with The Rock. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know, in, in the Stephen King universe, he's in both uh, Hearts in Atlantis as well as Green Mile. Green Mile's so, great. Oh, Green those. Mile, yep. yeah. yeah. Are we throwing out? I believe he's also in Langoliers at the deep he's, cut, though. He's, a, oh. he's in a very TV interesting movie. season of House. House, yeah. He's yeah. like oh. House's foil. He's yes. in the whole season. Yep, he's. Okay. I think he's in a season. couple of seasons. Uh, maybe it might be one. He, or might, two. he might be yeah. going over. Yeah. I also know him from that that movie uh, where he's the across the street neighbor of uh, the kid from Transformers. Oh, Shia Disturbia. He's Disturbia. Oh, yeah, the uh, remake of Rear Window. Yeah, the yeah. remake of Rear Window. That's exactly. He's what also it is. the weird dad in season two of True Detective. Yeah, with the long oh, hair. Yeah, oh, that's, right. that's right. I love him though. I love to see him. Right. Like, every time, every time you see him, I'm like, oh, it's him. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, great character actor. Yeah. Wonderful theater actor. Brilliant, brilliant stage actor. You can tell right off the bat he's a great theater actor. Yeah. I'm seeing if anything else pops out. I see Contact and Proof of Life. Oh, Contact's good. Yeah. But uh, 12 Monkeys as well. Oh, but the, the Rockies. That. Just, that yeah, whole, yeah. 
that whole ensemble of bad guys in The Rock, Tony Todd. Mm, Candyman and, um, and John C. McGinley. Uh, John C. McGinley, led by Ed Harris. Just, yeah. just awesome stuff. Yeah. Stand down, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't give that order. I don't listen to that soft-ass shit. <laughs> well, that's oh, you. really? You're The Rock. You're now. The Rocket Man. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, I just wanted to call in and wish the Best Picture cast a happy anniversary Four years, it's a big milestone to reach. I'm so glad that you've been able to achieve so much growth in this time. You've been so ambitious. It's incredibly difficult, and I think anyone who's set up a podcast knows, to keep something going for this long. And you've done a great job with scheduling things, with finding ways to play around with the format, and by really building up audience engagement. So I, I really admire everything that you've done, everything that you've achieved, and I have really fond memories of recording various episodes with you as a guest. Uh, Kieran, you're a wonderful host, and all of the other guys, Artie, Joey, Grant, uh, just Fantastic podcasters, uh, incredibly skilled uh, on-air talent and essentially radio quality. Uh, it's just been fantastic to get to know you, to become friends, uh, to be able to talk about movies in depth. And I'm really glad to see that the podcast is still growing and evolving. So I hope that after this four-year anniversary, you're able to keep going, uh, to keep moving in the same direction. And thank you for taking a chance on me. Uh, I really did enjoy, in particular, uh, recording an episode on the 2021 Oscars. Uh, I remember we had a great time chatting about Gary Oldman and Mank, and just generally talking about uh, the state of pandemic era cinema, uh, which to me makes the episode an interesting time capsule. That's a period of time that uh, in my mind has sort of been memory hold. It's difficult to remember exactly what it felt like being under lockdown. And I think that episode gives you some sense of that. So thank you very much again for giving me so many opportunities to sort of get into podcasting, to hone my skills. Um, thanks for sort of showing me how to do it. So again, thank you very much for everything and happy anniversary. Since we're going character actors and where else you've seen them before, Chris did, Christian Camargo, who played uh, Dr. John Cambridge, did he look familiar to you? He yes. was a therapist. Thera yeah, the therapist, he did, he did yes. not look familiar to me. No, Do Chris, I, I you know. definitely he does, know he somewhere. Look, uh, he looks from oh, uh. season one of a particular television show. Shit. He's the uh, Home Improvement. He's the main heel. He's somebody's Grey's brother. Anatomy. Just tell me. I don't know. He would be the ice truck killer from Dexter. Oh, I never, I never, <laughs> ever would have come up with that. Yeah, Dexter's brother. I mean, oh, he, look, he looks like a serial killer. That's yeah. the word. He does, yeah. I mean, he's that's so the ice truck killer. He's got Jesus, S yeah. he's got SK vibes. Deep track. Deep track. These, that's bad. Um, so what what do we think of this character and his whole story arc and, and whatnot? Who, the therapist? Terrible. Yeah. The, I think it's one of the I, weakest I, parts of the movie. I feel like this would this would have been Joey's LVP. 
had he been on the episode. <laughs> I think he would make the list. This guy sucks. Dude, so bad. All right, he's got a gist of the list now. He, uh, he's useless. Everything about it is bad. I mean, he was. He was. Sorry, only, the only thing he had going for is that he he was useful in a storytelling sense. Everything well, a, else about he was, him. He was. Sucked. He was there to die to to push Eldridge further down the spiral. Yeah, the guy who shouldn't have saw in battle sees battle and dies. He, he, only, he, he, only, out, he only went out for Eldridge. Talking about I, war movie tropes. You know? thought yeah, I'd exactly. come out on a ride and see some action with you guys. Yeah. And it then he's was, asking them people to move. He's like, hey, you know, maybe if yeah. you guys can uh, just like, uh, Today is not a good day. It's not safe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from New York. The Big Apple. <laughs> Come on. I mean, Phenomenal um, way of showing that explosion. And I want to talk about the explosions in this movie. There's no big fireballs. They're right. like real explosions. Mm, yeah, yeah. The They're being, almost implosions. So in the Humvee, having all the dirt hit you a second after the, you see the explosion is a really realistic way to feel that. That's physics. That's yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Because, the, because the debris has to travel up. It to, seems that they no, put a I lot know, of but just like yeah. you, You're in there quietly for a second, and then it's just like, whoosh, yeah. you just feel it. It's it does amazing. seem like they put a lot of effort into the um, the logistics of like the explosions, yeah. like how they that's, actually are. That's, they had to have. That's part of the immersion. I feel like yeah. that it's stuff like that where like we've never experienced things like that, but somehow we know how it would go. Right, and in real life, it's very not Hollywood and anticlimactic. It's just poof, and then there's dust. Yeah, yeah. So the only smoke, way to make yeah. that work in a movie is to film it in a hundred to one frame rate. So it's and show the dirt like rising. That part and was shit. awesome. Every time they did that, the, it was the awesome. Big money shot with Guy Pierce there for the trailer. Phenomenal. Yeah. But like Phenomenal. just the part where the you see like the the gravel just like rise, just yeah. like like a wave. Sick. Great and also, choice. when something traumatic happens. Um, Interesting enough, I, I just had an experience where something, you know, an accident happened uh, to somebody in my family, and it was traumatic. We, we all had a, it, and there's this moment of like, I, my brain isn't processing it in real time. Like, it's taking me a second to keep up with what has just occurred. Yeah. And this movie does that really well. It, mm. It's like, oh, something just happened. And we don't even the people involved don't even know what happened. Yeah, Eldridge is running around looking for Cambridge. Like you just watched right. him explode, and he's you're trying, still like, "Where's yeah. Cambridge?" He's, he's trying yeah. to understand what's happening, and right. it already happened. Right. And that is real, dude. That that is that is how the human brain works, right? We, well, sometimes yeah, it's, we it's, can't keep up with well, what just happened. Yeah, you know? it's like that part in Saving Private Ryan where the guy picks up his severed arm. Yeah, he's and walking around. Yeah, he's, he's a complete shock. Exactly. Yeah. I was listening to the the writer of this talk a little bit about about some of the scenes, and one of them was the scene in it where Renner's trying to find the the wire in the car after putting it out with the extinguisher, and you know finds out that there's enough explosives in the trunk of the car basically to to blow up the entire radius of people that are there. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. takes the the equipment off. Yeah. And yeah. he goes, you know, there's enough. Uh, there's enough explosives in here to blow us all to Jesus. You know, yeah. if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And he, uh, the the report, who, the writer of this, who was a reporter over in Iraq and was close with a lot of these um, battalions, said that this was literally a guy literally did something like yeah. this. He goes, well, you know, it doesn't matter the radius of this explosion. Yeah. I don't. The, yeah. the suit is literally doing nothing for me. Right. And I, it's hindering I, me. I might as well. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's not practical to keep it, it on. If anything, right. I'll die easier without <laughs> yeah, wearing yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And he said like. 99% of people wouldn't think that way. They no, think yeah. like they need this they need to feel safe. But he's like 
and then the one percent is completely right. He's gonna well, have a he's gonna have an easier time dissecting it comfortable yeah, than he yeah. is with all that. He and may, if he dies, he dies. He may actually be able to do his job better. And if like, he dies, he'll die quicker. So either way, it's a better scenario not to have the thing on. You, he could die heat exhaustion in that fucking suit if it takes him uh, long yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and you, can you really get into the car and get like into the back right. seat and you know with that with that suit on? Yeah. No. And these are the strengths of a script like this where you have someone who experiences a lot of these little anecdotes and then can write the fiction around them. Because yeah. there's a lot of fiction in this movie. Yeah. Oh, for but sure. But they can write the fiction around them to make it kind of a big screen yeah. thing. That's you where... Know, we still talk about that in Argo. Someone mentioned Argo. That's yeah, where the movie excels. In, in those little details yeah. and those little moments. Are, are just in these little... Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call them skits. I don't know what to call them. But these, set pieces is what they are. These little, know, yeah, they, I guess that's the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah, yeah the flaming car scene, the sniper scene. The, yeah, they're just the, little, the five, little the five stories. Bomb, the five yeah. bombs scene. They have yeah. a start and an end, and then we move on. And that, yep. there is something to be said that that is very entertaining. I enjoyed my experience watching it. Is it a movie? A full movie in, in the sense of like a a, a story arc? Yeah. Not really. Like a platoon. Right, and it's no surprise that a veteran watching this would have a ton of problems with it because those little anecdotes aren't anything they haven't seen. All they see is the fiction that ties it all together, and they're like, yeah, "This correct. isn't real." You well, know? and I, we're going yeah. we're gonna visit a lot of that in the nitpicks. What Grant pointed out earlier is that uh, anybody that specializes or has done a job or specializes in that field, any anything based on that, isn't going to live up to the reality. Right, particularly when we're talking about the stakes. Of this particular right. job, you know, yeah. it's one thing to say a bartender's made of bar movies, but like I think that a war veteran might have some right to have oh, some yeah. issues oh, for sure. with but fictional like, there, tales there, there of is, what they did. There is obviously you know? a separation between the arts and reality. Yeah, and I'm not like I'm not gonna let an Amadeus uh, expert, like a Mozart expert, like ruin Amadeus for me. Uh, correct, or or a Shakespearean expert ruin yeah. a Shakespearean love. Yeah, or that a stuff. or a finance guy ruin the Big Short. Right, <laughs> <laughs> or a drummer ruined Whiplash, Chris. We've, we've oh, experienced that, huh? My God, this isn't what drum schools actually like. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think it was watching this. Shout yeah. out, listener, Sean. No, we no. The thing is, I did think that's what it was, and I don't care that it's not. Like, I fucking want to enjoy the movie. We love you, listener, Sean. Yeah, though. I mean the 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 goal of the the goal of most movies is to you know you want to say something, but you also want to be entered. You know, have an entertaining. You're telling a story. You're telling a story. You want people to be engaged, so you take liberties. Like it happens. You have to. You have to. It's like someone telling a story at a bar to their friends that's interesting, but you could make it a little more interesting by adding some flair. Yeah. What we're doing here. When when we get to the nipping zone, we'll definitely go through a bunch of the things in here. I can't wait to hear it. Actually, yeah. Happy birthday, best picture cast. It's Jay Dowski. I was just thinking about some of my favorite memories from last season, and I'd have to say my favorite memory was when Kieran made me watch In the Heat of the Night, and I never got the opportunity to thank him for it. Well, maybe one day. Keep up the good work, guys. Congratulations. The relationship between Beckham, the the kid selling Mm. the DVDs, and Jeremy Renner, this is some of the, for me, some of the best character work in the film. It's, it's, it's some of the very few really well done character work. Yeah, yeah, it's essential for Jeremy Renner's character. We get to see him as a father. You know, we get to see yeah. him, we get to see him at home. That he cares, know? he cares about something other than the job. Right. right? There He's is not something just, else. 
you know, your typical Tom Hardy character who's just focused yeah. on whatever he's doing in this given script. And that uh, and that it gives it does give a level of stakes that other than the soldiers themselves mm. uh, dying or not dying, because okay, that's that's mm. fine. But there's there's other people at there's lives at stake other than theirs, you know. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing, like it's kind of like a litmus test where there's this kid hanging out at the base. You don't have to be nice to him. You don't have to be. You don't have to interact with him at all. And in fact, choo- most of them are. He right? chooses yeah. to engage with this kid and to like, yeah. you know, give him a smile. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's just like it. It does. I feel like that shows there is something underneath this character. And, and that, and then it also goes to, you know, flash forward to the closer to the end, where they end up. There's another kid doing the same exact dressed thing, the same way with, with the same same shtick. And it's like, oh, it's all... It's- no. No, that was him. That's the same kid. That was Beckham. The kid who had the bomb inside him is not... Um, okay, I was wondering if this was going to be... That was debate. Beckham. Yeah, 100%. I was yeah. It's the same actor. Yes. Yeah. How could it pop? I it had... Because that wasn't the dead kid in there. And even they were... It, um, Eldridge and Mac and Sanborn were even talking about it in the car. Like he seems pretty sure it's that kid. Yeah. They're like... Chris, I had the same... No, I had that, the same- no, that's Beckham. It's Beckham. Chris, okay. I, I had the same read as you. That it was wow, a new really? kid doing the task. Doing I thought it, task. I thought that was like a foregone. I watched this a few times, and I, I you guys we, might be right. It's Beckham, I'm positive. It's, it's I'm Beckham. positive. It's not up for debate. It's it's the well, same what do you kid. Mean it's I wonder if it's, it's clearly it's up the, for debate. I mean, it's, no, it's the same actor. It's the well, same that would be kid. the debate. Is it the same actor? Are you sure that it's the same actor? It, it, yeah. Uh, how I, how <laughs> I read it? Oh shit! I I don't know. How I read it was that there's a new kid that looks just like him. That they just found and gave taught him the same that's, thing. The kid that's that, how I read he's it. He's going to do the same was, thing that the next. Chris, kid. that's how I read it too. The kid that was mutilated and had the bomb inside yeah, him yeah. was Not so Beckham. beat up and that he looked like Beckham, but he wasn't Beckham. Uh, and he he was like, "This has to." That's why when he went on that goose chase in the vill- in the town, everyone's like, "What are you even talking about?" Beckham was fine. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I and, just, but like I the, the way, and, but the way Beckham approached the second time, like at the end, he, the way he approached him. Was very was very familiar. familiar. Yeah. Okay. According to Google, Grant and Artie are correct oh. that uh, James is approached by Beckham alive and well, who James ignores and walks away silently. Now we won't attach with him. Yeah. So me and Chris watched right. a different movie. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. I, I thought it was someone different too. Personally. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So now the the now the vibe is like this kid comes up to him and he's like, I've already made an attachment to you and lost you. Fuck this. I'm not doing this again. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I. I I literally am blown away because <laughs> I, I read it completely and, and it differently. Was, and it was, it was also, it was that, but it was also like how much he risked thinking like that, to, that, have, that to, have, to avenge yeah, yeah. Beckham basically. Right. To get back and into like, the base was a big got, ordeal. Eldridge almost got killed and he almost got killed. Like, right. and he's just like, no, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. He's like, look, I cared about someone and I almost died for it. Fuck that. So I'm just going to go yeah, back yeah, to yeah. using bombs. That's great. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was very curious about this conversation coming in. I didn't, Whether, I didn't wait, even think about that. Do you this a controversy? Or? Uh, no, I was just unsure. No, you guys are just idiots. But you were unsure. Okay, yes. Okay, Grant and Artie clearly are the smartest movie watchers ever. Bang, um, bang. I'm an uh, international film I was, expert. Chris, I was, uh, I was unclear and I, uh, and I was wondering if I was going to be the only one who felt that way. So I'm glad we at least no, had I'm, a split I'm, here. I'm actually, okay. No, it's very interesting. I was actually very surprised by that. Fortunately, yeah, Chris, too. we didn't have Joey here to really make us look like idiots. Yeah, so. right. We'll just have the listeners silently do that themselves. I also thought that the whole Beckham character added a little touch of culture to the, the day-to-day 
of the army camp. You know, it's not just the guys in the barracks. Like no. there's there's yeah, a yeah. village there. There's you know there's there's um uh, merchants and yeah. there's there's things and, and going now, on too. And now that the the soldiers are part of the economy, like they they're not just there. Yeah. They're part of the local economy yeah, now. Yeah. Like they, they fight for that spot outside part, the base to sell DVDs. Like, they're part of a, the society now, in a way, at least for a short period of time. You know? It's probably like one of the biggest, yeah, like the, one of the biggest sources of income exactly. for a lot of these people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, given given how with the occupancy, yeah. like how upside down the whole city is. Can I do my scene of the movie? Sure. Um, well, if you want, and to, this is a probably one turn. that you wouldn't expect, but uh, I thought this was a powerful scene. The taxi driver showdown, mm. where the taxi, the taxi, they're 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 they're, they're in the process of bomb defusing, and a taxi and, and he breaks the checkpoint, just breaks yeah. the checkpoint, and drives in and stops, and there's like a showdown, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was like a really powerful scene. It's a great scene um, of defiance. The, the the locals defying what's happening, what these oh, American yeah, soldiers are it. doing, yeah. We don't really know what's going to happen, you know. Uh, you don't know if you can trust. You don't know if he's good or bad. Right. Is yeah, what, good? Is his is bo- bad? what is his car in a bomb? What is it? it? What is his oh. intention? Right. What is Jeremy Renner's character go- going to do in this situation? You know. Yeah, it's a uh, crucial scene because it's tension without action. Right. And if every single scene with tension ends with a bomb either going off or being yeah, diffused, right. Then we're kind of we we get we get a feel for what this movie yeah. is. Having one scene where kind of nothing happens, but we understand the conflict and the um, the communication barrier between right. the locals and the and the um, the soldiers. Yeah, As he gets gone. closer with the okay. gun, which is a real gun, they couldn't get the fake gun through customs, so they had to get a real gun and put blanks in it. When they there's a shot. This is just my personal preference. I love this shot from the back seat of the car and you just see the gun get really close to the cab driver's face. Yeah. I felt like I had a gun pointed against my cheek. Yeah. Really, really perfect place to put the camera right there. It really illustrates the, the imminent danger or the, the perceived danger all around them constantly. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, you never know where the next violent act or the next uh, uh, danger to your person is going to come from. And you don't even know what is dangerous. Everything right. is well, just throw, the same. Yeah, exactly. Like, is this cab driver dangerous? Is this kid dangerous? That's a very the guy, like, the guy, the guy with the camcorder. Right. Like, you right. don't know, like the three guys the on the top phone. of the mosque. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, you don't, what are the rules of engagement here? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't yeah. know. Should I shoot the butcher? Should I not? Kill, like, what, is right. he you, can't, you can't kill people under suspicion. Like it's, you have, like, to, you have to give you a real fucking good reason. And I, then you don't. And your friend blows well, up. That's you know? I, yeah. fa- I found myself with that taxi driver scene being like, just shoot him. Like in my head, like quietly. Right. Be like, just well, shoot the guy. Yeah, that's like the and silence then, of the lambs. But you then, know. Shoot him. But you, but you, of course, you can't do that because if the guy's an innocent, you just well, shot an I innocent mean, guy. Um, yeah. He is guilty of something, though. He well, just I mean, well, definitely well, drove through a barricade. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's, I mean, I, 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 I would have said, I say this for the nitpick zone, but like, they would have lit him up right, like if he was driving, think, if he was driving yeah. forty miles an hour through a barricade, they would have lit him up. But they, they because like, I, I feel like that's probable. Cause. They hammer that home a lot in the movie. Um, the should I or shouldn't I pull the trigger? Uh, Specialist Owen Eldridge is that that, that that's yeah, the, the rook, kind of the green guy's name, right? Yeah, he struggles with the entire movie. He's like, I should have. Uh, at the beginning, right? He's yeah. like, I should have just right. shot him. Alive, like, dead. Alive, dead. Yeah. Alive, dead. And you can't dead, live right? that way when you have that job. Like you can't. Yeah. And the rules of engagement are that gray. Well, that's the yeah. thing. It's yeah. like you know, it's they're not. War. It's not like other wars where 
the enemy has a uniform. Yeah, or you're in a giant you, line going into another I mean? giant yeah, line. Like, exactly. You know, when when the when the insurgents look just like civilians, like right. what do you do? Right. Like right. it's it, they, they did a really good job with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what it's just guy, you don't you don't know where to what look. About having the guy with the bomb strapped to him saying, "I don't want this bomb on me. I have a family. Please let <laughs> yeah. me go home." Well, you know, that like, was yeah. almost my almost my scene of the movie because that that another one where like yeah, that's a goodie. He another decision has to be made. I either I'm gonna blow up with you or I I'm sorry, man. I gotta I gotta go. Like I, I I'm so sorry. You yeah. know, like what a terrible fucking decision to have to make. Like I know. So cool little thing. You know how Guy Pierce dies at the beginning and you see his face turn red. Oh well, the blood, yeah, the blood kind of yeah. Gets okay. Blood splurts out of the shield. when when the guy with the bomb on him explodes. Jeremy Renner turns at the last second to face the bomb. And oh, so survives it, it. So it doesn't like. You're supposed to turn and face the, the protection is at the front because oh, you're working oh, on a bomb, not at the back. Oh, nice. So oh, you're not wow. supposed to, like, yeah. they don't expect someone running Look in the bomb that suit. That, yep. That That's is, very um, clever. Isn't that really cool? That's so cool. And they show that on purpose him turn at the last second yeah. to receive never, the blow. That's, so that's awesome. like yep. um, when, when I, I play ice hockey and all our padding is in the front. Like our back, it's it's lacking. It's exposed. Our leg all the way up has no padding. So if you turn, like your reaction to a shot is to like turn away. Yeah. But you'll actually get more hurt. Right. You face it. Face yeah. it. And yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's Catchers. Cool catch. little, that's really awesome. Yeah, exactly. Cool little thing. That's a great, that's a great catch. Cool Catchers in baseball are the same thing too. Yeah. Hey, hey, best picture cast. It's Mike from Cinemas. What's up, you guys? Wouldn't miss the chance to wish you guys a happy anniversary and another congratulations on all the great work you're doing. Four years in, you're, you're strong as ever you're in season five shows even better than it started out as so you know keep doing what you're doing guys just just chimed in from some personal favorites from the past year it's it's as a western fan it's been great to see the western get its its due hour on best picture cast especially the unrelenting giddy praise in the unforgiven episode you know one of one of those movies in that three-year stretch the academy actually gave the right movie best picture and Unforgiven, man, if, if a movie could be the final Western ever made, a, a case could be made that Unforgiven is the movie to cap the whole genre off. And, and you know, you guys gave Cimarron its due, and you know, we, don't, we don't have to talk about Cimarron. You guys talked about Cimarron enough, but, but it was there, and it was a Western, and that, that made me happy, so I thank you for it. Made a discovery because of your guys' show, because you did a show on The Greatest Show on Earth. I finally watched it. I put it off because I fully expected it to be the worst best picture winner I'd ever seen because I'm not a DeMille fan. Um, and it's, it's not, there's a few things there. Um, it's definitely not the worst, but I, I look forward to following you guys into the fray on some more blind spots in the upcoming season. Thank you for your laid back atmosphere for making episodes feel like I'm just there chilling with you guys, talking movies. You're, you're amazing at creating that sense of community and I, I thank you for the friendships you've offered me, for the talents you have loaned out to Cinemus on all the episodes we've had you guys on for the past year. I hope to have you on for many more to come, and I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm here's here's to decades more. I hope you guys are going strong long after we are out of Best Picture winners to discuss. Ha- so happy anniversary, guys! 
I hope you're celebrating big time. I hope you feel every bit of accomplishment and pride that you should. Here's to another great year. You guys are the best. Happy anniversary. Listeners at home, if you cashed out your DraftKings bet, um, unfortunately, Artie has had a cold snap here. He has, uh, yes, he's joined, oh. the, he's joined the fry there. So we keep uh, the BPC uh, preser- preservationists. Keeping the dream alive. My yeah, Ripken streak is alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. The Iron Man streak. Uh, yeah. Let's over the ending here. We see our boy James head home. Supermarket scene? Grant, would you want to talk about a little bit? I love I loved this scene. I, I think I think this scene kind of is the thesis statement of the whole movie. Him going to the supermarket after trying to pick out a box of cereal after life and death every day, making these decisions, and he's just faced with the most benign, numbing thing he can he can possibly do. The, the, In his defense, she didn't specify which cereal. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a little bit of of pain in that too is not knowing what's on your cereal uh, what's on your cereal what cereal your son eats you know it's like oh god i've been away dissecting bombs to, to grant's point the mundaneness of picking the cereal and to art and to artie's point like I, I don't i don't even know what cereal my son likes you know I, i'm i have no idea uh the hard cut to the gutters is pretty great too uh, yeah i like that you know? yeah like that's his that's his this task that, that's his task of the day yeah. Yeah, the danger of going up on a ladder like that's that's as dangerous as it gets for her. I was like, that's what cleaning gutters looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I have grates on my gutters. I'm good. Oh, smart. Gutter guards. Baby. I don't. I don't actually don't get leaves in my gutters for whatever reason. No tree above my house. Look at you. Yeah, I mean the the reassimilation into society is, a, I think, a running theme in a lot of like modern war movies, right? Like, like yeah, like not being able to. Go Recal- back to recalibrate. Life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish we'd get more of Evangeline Lilly here. She's um, great. Maybe like I, I, a beach scene it, or like a bath. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel I feel like she's uh, I feel like she's great with like her little bits of like reacting and kind of cutting the subject short. Yeah. Things like that. It felt felt very real. It, oh, and it man, this is the perfect opportunity to ruin the scene by saying, you know, you got to bring your war stuff home with me here. I don't. You're always just, talking about. She just kind of no, looks. She kind of just like looks up, just like, no, I don't want. I don't yeah, want to hear this. But she does it in a patient way. Oh yeah. She does no. she lets him finish? But she doesn't engage him. She doesn't say and and tell me some more. Yeah, you know? and, and yeah. then she that is a good scene. She cuts him off to cut the you know, chop the carrots or whatever. What? Like it's. I wonder if there was deleted scenes with her. It feels like there should have been more. More of her, her right? This. I thought yeah. she was. I thought she was really good at the limited things she was good. I think they committed to the misdirecting storytelling, like um, twenty nine days till you're home, thirty nine days till you're home, and then he gets home and it's like, all right, right back. Didn't see that one coming. So they if they keep showing her too much. It like takes away from that build up yeah, to getting good, home. I, I like that explanation. I like that explanation. It's a build up well, to you're, getting you're home. You're kind of getting it from his point of view, where it's like, in a way, they're these his wife and his kid aren't as important to him as war is. Well, he flat out tells his son that. Yeah, he's like, "There's one thing I love. Like, it's not you." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, listen, he's not a good, he's well, not he a good says, person. No, he's admitting it. He's yeah. fine. He's fine with it. Too. Yeah. And he's, you more... know, we do this thing though, where we send these guys off to do these these jobs and 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 experience these things, and then we expect them to come back and be just like everybody else. Oh, like, sure. That's, I, also, I think I that's really what it's. I also, what it's speaking I also, to, I know? also like, think he was predisposed to be this way, though. I don't think Anthony Mackie's doing that, right? You know, what I mean, I, I, 
Yeah, yeah I, Anthony I, Mackie wanted out of there. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think I think I think a guy like like uh, like Will is is like he is just born for war. Okay, what do you say? Should we head uh, head out to the nitpick zone? Anyone else want to? Do we? Do we? I think we covered it pretty good, right? Anything yeah. else we got to bring up? No. No. All right, let's so. head on oh, in. I, oh. I'm sorry. Can I bring up one thing? Yeah. They they talk. They they. It was a brief message. It was a brief point where with Ray Fines. Do you guys remember when they had terrorists on trading cards on like on on like a deck of cards? Yes, I don't know. They, no, he, that's he, what mentioned, he mentioned yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned this. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it, to, to help like locate terrorists, they put terrorists like on the want on the on the wanted list hmm. on a deck of cards. And like Bin Laden was the ace of spades, yeah. right? He was like the big one. I also remember my my dad was a, a gun aficionado, and um, he used to buy these targets and had like. Um, Saddam Hussein on that. Okay, and like sure. All, and, you know, and we'd shoot. That's who we shoot. <laughs> the, the commercial. <laughs> so there was the, a lot of, like, uh, merchandise. The commercialism around <laughs> yeah, terrorism. Yeah. 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 Surprisingly, uh, there it, was that, that. That just, like, unlocked, like, a daily show, like, memory <laughs> to yeah, me. Yeah. John Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry. Uh, a, a word on the DeRay Fines character. Um, so they're basically playing uh, hired mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah, they're contract, contractors. And, an interesting conflict that would go on back then with those guys and, and the American soldiers yeah, yeah. is that an American soldier would make thirty grand, forty grand, maybe that would be like their salary for what they're yeah. doing out there. Yeah, and they're and getting these, their college paid for it. Yeah, there's, there's other things. But these but mercies yeah, yeah. are going home oh, yeah. two hundred. Well, they're yeah. privatized. It's a bit of a bounty it's, hunter situation. Yeah, it's, they earned it. But they're getting. <laughs> they used to do what this guy does. There was a a lot of tension about sure. pay grade with like that. Blackwater and things like the that. The soldiers yeah. saying like, "Why aren't I getting the reward yeah. for killing this guy? Why are you getting the reward? I don't get the reward. Right. You know." Yeah. This is part of my job. I remember Blackwater being a big deal. Yeah, was, like, yeah. And, uh, well, they they yeah, ran into Iraq they ran into some trouble in Fallujah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, shall we head to the nitpick zone? Sure. Let's go. Andrew from the Revisionist Almanac here. Congratulations are in order for the entire Best Picture cast crew for four years of amazing content. It has been awesome to watch the show's evolution as a day one listener, dating all the way back to The Departed. I have a top ten list of my favorite BPC episodes, but I'll spare Joey the eye rolls and save it for another time. Featuring as a guest on the One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Revisited and Deadly Prey episodes were standout moments for me, so be sure to go into the BPC back catalog and check those out. So let's all raise our glass and toast to many more years of movie discussion filled with plenty of beers. Love you guys. Okay, uh, so before we get into the the traditional version of the nitpick zone, I want to share some of the um, some of the uh, the, yes. the things that I had. Oh, I, I yeah, had a absolutely. phone conversation with my my buddy today, and he served he served in a, in Afghanistan, okay. not Iraq. So there were obviously differences, two completely different you know, yeah sure. terrains, conflicts, and and he did he two of the things that he wanted to emphasize to start is 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 that he was not an EOD. Okay, EOD is of course what what Renner and, and the demolition and yeah. it's the explosive ordnance disposal. Um, and in Iraq, the frequency of these types of bombs was more. much higher than Afghanistan. So uh, they were not running. Their technology was better. It took a while for Afghanistan to catch up to that. So they, they were dealing with much more of that in Iraq. Like rudimentary so, in, uh, in Afghanistan? Is that what yeah, saying? so he, he admits yeah. that the, fre the frequency of these guys dealing with it is fine. So his biggest issues with the film were is, number one, is that like an EOD 
their job is always they're 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 always insulated by infantry. So everything they do, they're basically like when you call in a tech. The tech comes in, the tech works on it, and the infantry is surrounding them. Right. They are certainly not running rogue, going into towns, you know. Like yeah. He said the most absurd part of the movie when he's like, let's split up, we'll cover more ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, an EOD yeah. is not doing that. That, was, like, a, that yeah. was a completely ridiculous he's order. Like, that is just, sure. He's yeah. like, that is, that is absurd. That would absolutely never happen. The EODs are there to do a very specific job. Now, does is it, would an EOD, particularly one who might have been a ranger, was he trained to be a sniper? Sure. Like, a lot of these guys yeah. have a lot of these skills, but they're not called upon to do these things, and they're not really ever put in a situation to do so. They're called in for specific tasks. They come into the task. They're I, they're insulated completely by infantry, and they're not going to be in a scenario where they're just jumping over walls and, you know, and, and you will cover more ground. Like, no, no, no. 20 no. guys watching them defuse a bomb in a flaming well, that's, car. Yeah, but that's the thing where, the, where or Eldridge and, and Sanborn are like, the only ones yeah. scat like I'm like that can't be true. Yeah. The plan is you watch him from 400 yards behind us. Yeah, yeah. He, he said simply, if I could come up with one word to describe that, it would be nonsensical. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not happening. Uh, 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 or another one of his big points was is that Renner's character, uh, his rank is what's called an E7, which is a very very high rank. It's a sergeant first class. Yeah, it's 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 tough to get there. A guy getting there understands what his role is and you don't really get there unless you have this certain appreciation for what your role and what your job is and what other people's job is and what their role is it's like maverick being promoted well those types of guys their primary function is to protect their squadron that's their number one thing now he's saying it's not it's not unheard of that an e7 would be dissecting bombs himself if that's his skill and, you know, it, it could happen. Very unlikely. but very rare because they're usually more the guys calling the shots while other guys are going in. But he's like, if they have that skill, they could be doing it. But they'd never, ever be intentionally putting any of their guys. In danger. It's right. just like you yeah. don't get to that rank Doing with that kind that, of yeah, yeah. cowboy yeah. attitude. Yeah, that, it's just right. not, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. He's like, there's a world where a lower ranked e, uh, EOD possibly could be doing that he's it's kind of like again like a technician doesn't necessarily i mean these guys are soldiers he's not getting promoted but yeah a technician isn't gonna really have that mentality like i'm this gunslinger of a of a bomb tech you're hitting a lot of my nitpicks yeah not not the specifics of it but like the overall like there's no way this guy in real life is gonna be doing this yeah oh for sure yeah i talked about the frequency of these types of issues could have could a um could a bomb tech in a year tour be run into this now he said like in in my time in afghanistan no. absolutely not yeah. you know we you know i dealt with eods they came in they did what they had to do but to be in that many lethal scenarios it's almost like every day it seemed like yeah, it's right? like that seems a li- he goes but to be fair i wasn't in iraq and i know in iraq they were dealing with much much more so it's not impossible that that maybe there was a guy who was in it a lot well, on it, a regular it, it basis and also i don't know if they were in it every day because they they go from like 38 days to yeah. 16 days to two days like but certainly so a lot of lethal there's probably a lot but i don't know if it's every day just a couple more before we get to head to the regular ones i asked him what the most realistic scene of the movie was and mm-hmm. he said it's hands down the scene with david morse uh he said oh. that dialogue from that ranked guy coming in oh you're a wild man oh you get you get it he goes that he's like i've seen that <laughs> type of confrontation Word for well, word, like how many of these have you defused? Oh, you're a wild man. You're a cowboy. You know like, what I? So that's like that is like that's word for word with these types of guys. What I what I 
thought about that was like I I expected that scene to go. I thought he was going to like criticize his. I thought he was going to get chewed out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought, and it never got there. It just yeah. He was just praising him. I was like, oh, that's... That's, Apparently, that's what... That's like a thing. Because I'm like, like, oh, there's no way he wouldn't get chewed out for that. It reminded me of the scene in Apocalypse Now where he makes him surf. Uh, Robert Duvall, I think, makes him surf. He's like just a big fan of this soldier. He finds out he's a famous surfer. So they're on a a beach and there's a battle going on. He's like, go surf that way. There's like bombs going off. It reminded me of that. Like he was starstruck. Like napalm in the morning. Yeah, but it's funny that he said that that was like one of the most realistic scenes. It's just like he's like, I've dealt with so many of these guys. And they hear that like anyone has any kind of level of like, I'm going to make this bold choice or I'm going to do this thing. It's like they just laugh it off. It's like, oh, look at the wild man. Look at the cowboy. That's really you know, funny. That's, yeah. that's my scene of the movie, by the way. Um, more, uh, more saying all that to him. <laughs> so You're hot shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I asked him about uh, two, two types of roles there. Uh, the reporter, because obviously it's written by a reporter. So like, were the reporters really that close to what was going on? And he goes, absolutely. He's like, yeah. when we had these reporters here, they had clearance. Yeah. They were there with us. And... I didn't love it because they became my responsibility. And it was yeah. like an, it was an extra guy, an, an extra unarmed guy that I'm responsible for that I got to get through this. And there was no, we couldn't, as soldiers, we couldn't be like, no, yeah. you know, no thanks. Like, you, 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 they, it was part the of it. Journalists like, are Here's an extra guy I got to worry about. Yeah, and they yeah. got killed over there. Yeah, yeah. And they got killed. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Journalists yeah. get killed all the time over there uh, doing this stuff. Yeah. And then I asked him about the doctor. The uh, therapist. The therapist, yeah. He was like, you know, I, I had, he's unfortunately... The guys that I was with, you know, there there wasn't a lot of fatalities in the in the firefights and the battles that I was in. But I did have a friend who was in one, and he lost a few guys. And the next day, they had a guy like this there checking in, checking out. That's he goes, good. The idea of that guy hopping in for no reason to get into a thing to go out on a task <laughs> is, it, is, is again completely yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like never like the only it was a way device. there's no yeah. ride alongs. Yeah. And he said these guys are soldiers. They were they oh, were for soldiers. Sure, yeah. But the only way they'd be in any level of harm is if they were transporting from place to place because they absolutely had to. Yeah. The idea of him just saying, "Hey, I think I'll ride along with you guys." He goes, "I, I don't know." And uh, uh, um the Jeremy Renner leaving the camp, no chance. Oh, no way. There's yeah, no yeah, chance. Yeah, 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 no yeah. chance. Uh, and uh, the last one, sorry, I, I don't want to take much time because I had this in my nitpicks and I, uh, it was really, it was interesting to hear about it. The lower ranked Anthony Mackie hitting the higher ranked yeah, squad leader yeah, yeah, in the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his answer to this one was interesting. He goes, Anthony Mackie is a thousand percent in the right here. He goes for, even for the, the head and overranked guy to take his headset off there and to eliminate communication in that spot. That is not cool. Yeah. And it's like if anybody did that, even even a higher ranked person, the animosity there would be huge. Um, I, he goes, quote, I've never heard of someone below a rank like that punching a guy in the face. Yeah. He goes, that's a little. He's like, could it happen? Sure. He's like, would he face discipline at a high rate? Sure. Would the guy take a punch in the face and just brush it off because he knew he was wrong? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that that scenario there actually like it wasn't. Would have been, it would have been wrong, but the guy probably would have just taken it. And, and he that. goes honestly, that situation there isn't terribly unrealistic. He goes, it's. I mean, he's never heard of anything like that happening. Of course, but right. nothing that played out is outside of the realm of logic. So, cool. um, right. yeah. So that's just a. a that was really interesting. Yeah. That was great. Nitpicks, Grant. You have uh, something something a little more. Uh, Funnier and lighthearted. <laughs> uh, so we, we I, I kind of, I, I teased, I teased this a little bit. And when Ray Fiennes gets shot by the sniper, 
Anthony Mackie goes to the same exact spot where the sniper, where this, where, where the Ray Fines just got blown away. The guy knows exactly how to shoot that spot. Like that is, I feel like as me, a layman who has no idea about military yeah. uh, procedure or strategy, that seems dumb to me. Yeah. Wouldn't you just move your location? You would right? move your location yeah, 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 yeah. to not, of course. so it wouldn't be as easy for the sniper. Um, a thousand percent grant. And I skipped this part for brevity, but okay. this was another conversation okay, good. we had. He talked about being under sniper fire, which he was a couple times. Wow. Obviously very scary. But after the first shot, they knew exactly where the sniper was. Airstrike came in, wiped yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Now, he was there a little later than 2007. And I think in that particular scene, they were a little short on guys and whatnot. I, okay. I don't know that they were. Um, but he says the number one rule of a sniper is that after your shot, you move. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's not just from the U.S. standpoint. That's from yeah, it's just the everyone, enemy standpoint. Well, that's what yeah. the enemy was, did. The enemy, after he got shot at and he missed, ended up. All this time went by, and he ended up behind him trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah, the same guy spotter. on the train track. It was the yeah. spotter. But the guy who stayed in the building, he goes, a, a sniper who, who doesn't move, who shoots and doesn't move, which is kind of what that's Mackie was. Was he, was well, he talking about Mackie? Mackie? Yeah. Uh, no, we're, I'm, I'm talking right now about the uh, about the enemy. Oh. Uh, but but what Grant is saying is, is that like once you shoot from that spot, let alone get shot at from that spot and don't move, yeah, you're, you're dead in the yeah. water there. How about the guy? I have a nitpick. There's a guy laying next to that building, like thirty yards off to the right, just like he's like a model laying on the side, laying on yeah. his side, just like lounging. Like, what are you, just like a target? Like, what, the, <laughs> what are you trying to shoot someone while laying in yeah, that he position? He didn't have a sniper rifle. Why he had, was he, he like? What was know. he doing? What the hell was that? I don't know. So my only real, I mean, you covered a lot of the things I, I had, but one of the main ones was. It just feels like a lot of this movie, they're just kind of willy-nilly just wandering around looking for action. Like, they're just falling into things. It's yeah. like, well, they, is not, I, don't, I don't think that well, fucking happens. It doesn't. Like, that's well, not how it works. Well, like, for, the, for the bomb stuff, they got, they got called. No, to I, go to a certain spot. I realize that, but there's yeah. other parts of the movie that are just rolling through town. Oh, they're oh, let's split up. We'll yeah, cover more ground. Exactly. Or, <laughs> well, or that, well, that, well, that's the most. Or that's even in this situation where they it. find Ray Fines, and they're just kind yeah. of rolling around. Well, they, and they find these guys. Well, like, they, they were just they were they were doing demo on the the bombs they found. Okay. It, what what I, my point is is like there's a very specific. They they have a plan every time they go out. There's something they have to do specifically, and in this movie, there just seemed to be a lot of. There were some things where they had a, a, a objective, and sometimes they're just wandering around yeah. waiting for something. And, like, and to be fair, in the commentary, they said in that exact scene you're talking about, Chris, there would never be one uh, armored vehicle rolling through there. They'd be right. surrounded by, but they just didn't have of a budget. Course. They, yeah, didn't have a budget. Right. they only had the budget for yeah, one, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. they roll. You know, like in, in reality, there'd be like the ten yeah, of them. You know, yeah, like of and they'd be, be insulated, yeah, which is yeah, what yeah. is what my friend was saying. Can I throw out a, uh, a grocery shopping question to you? Do you married guys here? Sure. And I need yeah. you to educate me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number one, do you ever go grocery shopping with your wife? Never. I usually go by myself. Always okay. by myself. By oh. myself. Okay. Have you ever? Yeah. I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you have, do you get two carts no. and split up? Uh, hmm, no. 
No, no, I don't. No. Do I can that. see you go and get an item and bring it back. That's what happens. Yeah. Wouldn't you end up just doubling up on yeah. a lot it's of things? It's not like well, it's not like they have five kids. Well, that's right. the, what, what, actually my nitpick was: Are these people hosting Thanksgiving? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, how many groceries <laughs> no. do they have? Have Here they not it, bought groceries since he left for Iraq? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it looked it looked like a Costco cart. Like they, it kind of looked there's like big boxes, but it wasn't Costco. Right. Kieran, they were right. Kieran's exactly right. What you do is like, hey, go get the bacon and the eggs. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna go over here and get yeah. this. Meet meet us back here. Yeah, go down the drop bre- everything in. Yeah, go get part. the bread. I'll yeah. yeah that's I'll that's meet you at the cold cuts. That, that's not how it works. Yeah, you don't you don't. I know cards. I know our friend from Melissa is is terrified of uh, gross grocery. She stores. is she yes. Doesn't, doesn't like them. I happen to love grocery shopping. I, love I don't know if that's shopping. a weird thing. I like it. Um, I throw my my AirPods on. I get a podcast going. Yeah, I'm in my own that's what world. I do too. I you know maybe you know I'm not even a big list guy. I have like a list in my head. And I see some things. And no, that, that, that's single behavior. Lists are essential. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a list only because I don't, I know my aisles now. Like I know my routine. I know what I need in this aisle, what I need in this aisle. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't the, buy the, stuff for a so week of, of dinner. I don't more, do that. You don't do that? Oh, no, I do that. If I'm buy, if I, I'll, maybe at most I'll do like, if I know what I'm making Monday and I know I'm making tacos Tuesday or something like that, I'll buy two days worth. Oh, I don't ever buy all the way out because if I buy shit Monday and plan to make it Wednesday, I could wake up Wednesday morning and I don't feel like cooking at all. Now I just have a fucking whole chicken in my in my fridge and I'm never going to mm. use it. We already more freelancers. We adhere to the menu at our house. Yeah, no, I have a, I have a, a list of recipes and I I pick what the things are going to make the next three, four days and I uh, put that list together and then I organize it all from for sections. So oh. so all the produce is in one section, all hmm. the... Well, yeah, yeah I, I, I know... I'll edit that out. We, we don't support chef. <laughs> um, I, it's very useful. Well, I, I know the layout of my grocery store so I will, when I make the list, like my wife and I will make the list, I'll like, I'll group them in on that note i must say sadly we will not have the list here today the list of joey R. that's we will okay not have that here it's people speaking lists no chris i want to ask you this when you were in the service industry and you went to restaurant depot would you go with the hard list or would you go from you know the top of your head about what you needed and what you normally get a little of both okay. a little of both there's things that essentials I, and then i had a list of things that like oh i don't get those every time so i have a list but then i'd be like oh Beverage napkins. Oh, toilet paper. Things I get every single time, and I throw those. That's one where I should have a list every time and don't, and it. it and then costs, you forget it costs things. Me. Yeah, you, you know. Then you're like, yeah. shit. I don't have hand soap, and then you're fucked. Yeah. Grand other nitpick. They didn't know that Ray Fines and his guys were just. They thought that they were insurgents. They weren't like they weren't clearly white guys that were just like wearing baseball caps. How about, how about and, the way he talked? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I mean, find yeah, dancers yeah, yeah. in perfect English. But so this was this was one of the things that was explained in the commentaries is that that he he witnessed a couple times because you're you're out there and this Bedouins kind of camping out at all the time that you you get it sprung on a lot, and he's seen a couple scenes where both guys are yelling at each other in the same language and they're so high strung and and adrenaline up that they're not realizing that the other guy's speaking English like. With an English accent at them, like that's something that mm. he's kind of run into. <laughs> was it played up for the movies? Yeah, I mean, like sure. the baseball hats and things like yeah. that. It just yeah. it just seemed like very obvious that they were, yeah, that, it, that, it, that they were friendlies. Then Anthony Mack, when, when Ray Fine was like, "Do you want me to go for the gun or the mask?" And he's like, "The gun." Like he's like, "You heard him talk." Like it's yeah. clearly, it's clearly the English patient. <laughs> Haven't you seen Schindler's List? Tastes like plum. Plum. This plum is plum. Plum. 
Uh, I I do have one that's, that's more lighthearted, uh, nitpick. If um, you know, I understand like the packaging probably works out best because it's like the like kind of foil packaging. Like Capri Suns are hard to open. Oh, uh, I have it. I have it on mine. To open it up in the middle of a fucking battle, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Uh, like of all the drinks to open when super dehydrated in that situation, <laughs> you get the most frustrating package ever created by man. Uh, okay, guys, I'm sure they have a utility knife or something they can just poke a fucking hole in it. He did it. He raw dog. Raw dog. Raw dog. He raw dog. He, he, dog that, he poked. He, the... he raw dog that Pacific let, cooler. I have, <laughs> let, let's just suspend disbelief well, and I, assume that they have a way of fucking opening. I it. can't, and I won't. Um, did you ask your I have about it written this? down. I have no, I didn't. No, um, no I, I didn't want to completely embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> I, I had it written down as I can't open a Capri Sun on a, an average summer day, let alone under gunfire. I'm not saying he couldn't. I'm just saying that I couldn't. Like okay. uh, that's it's a me thing. It's not really. Yeah. It's, it's a personal. It's a self nitpick. The diffused like 860 something bombs. Yeah. Okay. Let's, how long has this guy been in service? Because that's like one a day for three years. Well, it's I mean, he, he just, I mean, how many bombs, like, is he counting the bombs that are in each cluster? Like, he diffused. I would imagine. He diffused that's six cheating. bombs. I don't know. He diffused six bombs <laughs> at once the it's first day. Bang. And finally, a major pet peeve of mine in life is people who cross the street slowly. Now, if you're elderly or injured, or, or accompanying a child. Okay, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about the average person crossing the street. A little hop in your step. Guy Pierce, while he's in the kill zone here, is doing a slow stroll home. Yeah. While he's in there, like, all right, you're 500 meters in the kill zone. Can we can we have a little bit of hop in your step, guy? What, what, you, I mean, come on, dude. And, and then he starts running when we hear that he's in trouble. But like, dude, like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna not to not to put myself in any armed forces, but I'm not <laughs> trained at all for any of that. But I would kind of do a, a quick gate here at least, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he saw Eldridge like running towards the guy, he probably should have gotten the fuck out of there. All right, so that's the uh, that is the nitpick zone. Best picture cast. It's the Bobcat here. Congratulations on four great years of content, of the community you've created. Uh, shout out to Kieran and Grant and Farty and, and everyone else. Uh, I'm glad I get to be a part of these shows from time to time. And if it wasn't for this uh, podcast, I never would have sat down and watched Driving Miss Daisy. So thanks, I guess. But enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the Gladiator pod, which uh, I will be on. And remember, what we do in life echoes in eternity. And that includes the Best Picture cast. We head now to awards. Mm -hmm. MVP for The Hurt Locker. Chris, what do you have? <sighs> okay, so for MVP, I have Barry Ackroyd, the cinematographer. I think mm -hmm. that is um, the height of the, this movie reaches is the visuals and the way it makes us feel. And I think... That that's the strong point of the movie, so I think he's he's got it for me. Yeah, very fair, Artie. My MVP is an actor. Oh, I thought he did a great job, Brian Garrity. Brian Eldridge. Garrity. Okay, thought he was okay. great. Wow. Oh wow. Okay, that's surprising. Very yeah, believable. A... Really sold I, his character. I thought for sure you'd have a technical MVP for this one, but no. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Grant. Uh, mine is technical. 
Uh, mine are the editors, uh, Chris Innes and Bob yeah. Murawski. That's a good answer. Uh, yeah. I, I think this. I think this movie um, really excels because of the editing and and how they're able to ratchet yeah. up tension. Yeah, yeah world world class editing in this movie yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, I went with Catherine Bigelow, uh, produced yeah, and directed, uh, financed it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, kind of took a step out of genre flicks to get in, you know, to go into this. She does then Zero Dark Thirty after this, so um, hasn't done a whole ton since then. I think she's got something coming up soon. But um, you know, I, I and and being the first female director, uh, best director at the Oscars is a great achievement yep. too. So and does it for a man's movie, you know, a movie with there's yeah. basically one female yeah. character in the whole thing. So I, I thought that was a little bit of a, a thumb in the nose to the system too. Suck so at it, James yeah. Cameron. <laughs> yes, and beating her husband at yeah. uh, at the awards. You know, of by far inferior film in Avatar. Yes. LVP, LVP in this movie. I'll go first because it's Artie's MVP. Um, Whoa! Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, man. Thought he was I, good. I thought he was um, token uh, war character um, yep. as you know, the stereotype of the of the the rookie who is afraid to pull the trigger. Uh, the actor didn't work for me. The performance didn't work for me. I had him as the LVP. Brian Garrity. Yeah. I also have him as the. LVP. Wow. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you guys. And my recast. <laughs> Already your LVP. And my recast. My LVP is the creepy therapist. <laughs> Probably be I mean, tying up with Artie, Twitch, oh, yeah. Very, very fair answer. Yeah. Like, no question. I, didn't like I don't think yeah. like the actor was terrible per se. No, it was, but it the, was character the character is terrible. Yeah, he had nothing yeah, to work he, with. I thought he did a good job like the, being a, an, an idiot, basically. Yeah, the, yeah. the character yeah. is Completely the LVP, out of his right? mental element. Right. Is it the actor that's the LVP or the, the character? The whole situation I had to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Artie. A Shakespearean theater actor. Oh, really? Uh, actually. Yeah, I wow. don't think he was a bad... I don't think the acting was the problem. <laughs> no, oh, the was, writing was for the, that yeah, character yeah, yeah, was yeah, pathetic. Yeah, horrible, horrible. horrible. Uh, Grand LVP. Um, mine is the, the song at the end when he goes back to Iraq. Uh, okay. That song, song was like, terrible. What, what it was, was uh, it? Oh, the, all the metal in this. The sucked. generic yeah. metal that it sounds was, it, like... Song, uh, the song is... It's a real song called Kyber Pass by Ministry... Uh, uh, at least it's a real band. Yeah, it's from an album about the Iraq War. It I is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, um, and it it sounds like uh, like knockoff wrestling intro. Yeah, music. I was just gonna yep. say like like tests theme music. Yeah, know? it's just it's terrible. <laughs> I, I hated it. It made me. It made me. I was like dis- I thought like somebody wrote it for the for the movie, and I was like, oh, it's a real song. You like, know what I thought? I thought it was Jeremy Renner's band volunteered <laughs> to write it because when you first meet Jeremy Renner, the riff is literally like, dun, 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 dun. oh, it's so it's so generic. It's terrible. There's there's a lot of generic uh, wrestling Gene- and generic metal. Like yeah. So that that my, I, every time I see that, I'm just like, Ugh. Chris, uh, participation awards. Throw a little love to someone along the way. Ray Fines. Fucking love to see him, yeah. dude. I got the even, same one. Even for a second, it's a good choice. I just fucking want to see him, dude. That's it. Yeah. Grant, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. He was like, he was like a ray of sunshine. I was like, ah, oh, I love, love. Ray I, I love the moment when he like he kills the two guys and he runs back. He's like, oh, they said dead or alive. <laughs> yeah. like, he was like so happy. <laughs> for, he says, he says, I forgot they said dead or alive. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> that killed me. It was amazing. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go with my guy, guy. I know you. I know. Yeah, I knew you yeah. were. Okay, I knew you were. He would. He was up there too. It's the handsome yeah. gentleman. Oh you know? yeah, uh, just just an essential piece to every yeah. film he's in. I was actually sad to see him go like yeah. so soon. Mine is David Morse. 
Uh, we, co- we covered all the stops there. So, all, yeah. all the cameos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all, all yeah, yeah. uh, that was the right answer. All he's the right zero answer. to 60 in two seconds. And he just that's, that answer is hot shit. Stays that speed. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. That's hot shit. You're a wild man. You're a wild man. <laughs> I want to shake your hand. Uh, Chris gave his scene of the movie before. Uh, Grant, your scene of the movie. Uh, mine's the, it's the grocery store scene. Okay. Uh, oh, for for, wow, for, what, okay. for what I explained about that being kind of the thesis of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good and you've stuff. talked about that uh, throughout the BPC a few times. I think you've referenced it. Have I? I think so. Yeah, I think so. You were someone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Artie. me. Yeah. Artie, seen the movie. Uh, mine is hot, the hot shit scene. When he comes up to me, he's like, yo, you're hot shit. Yeah. You're yeah. wild, man. I love whole dialogue. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Very cool. Uh, I, I, think, I think for me, it's, it's the sniper showdown. You know, uh, it, That's a great it was scene. Uh, it was riveting. Yeah. It's either that or the or the tense car scene with the windshield wiper. But I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the sniper scene. Just it's just you know, yeah, action packed. Can't can't look away stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, time machine recast. I never, I never gave my quote. Oh, yeah, give me a quote. Oh, I, 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 didn't I didn't give a quote either. I didn't give a quote So mine, I went in a very different direction. I've never mine was done the, this. It was good, it'll blow us all to Jesus anyway. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be comfortable yeah. Comfortable That's a good one. So... I went in a different direction. This line made me burst out laughing because it was so bad out of nowhere. <laughs> and I know you guys already talked about the scene and how it was kind of good, but they're talking in the kitchen and he's talking about how there was a blood explosion and soldiers died. And he goes, you know, they need more texts. I, I just can't ever see a situation in real life where that statement happens. And I fucking lost it. I just burst out laughing. <laughs> oh, you went with the uh, make fun of Jeremy Renner's quote. Okay, uh, Chris quote. There weren't many quotes um, in this. So my quote was no. um, actually in the scene that you love. What was your Morse? David Morse. Morse. Yeah, David Morse. He goes, "What's the best way to go about disarming one of these things?" He's like, "The way you don't die, sir." Yeah, I just thought it was a great line. The way you don't die, that's, sir. That's hot shit. You're a wild man. <laughs> He's like, that's what a wild man would say. <laughs> Hey, Best Picture cast, this is AJ from the episode of In the Heat of the Night, and I just want to say congratulations on your four-year anniversary. That is a tremendous feat, and I'm so proud of you guys, and I look forward to more episodes that you guys produce and more content you guys provide. Keep up the good work. Happy 2024, and uh, we love you, and congratulations. Time Machine recast. Oh, I didn't Take get my quote. Oh, Grant. <laughs> Jesus Grant Christ. Kieran doesn't want to do quotes anymore. No, he doesn't. Um, mine is, is the scene where um, after the sniper scene, they're blowing off steam in the barracks. And um, Eldris is talking to uh, Will about being afraid. And Will says, uh, everyone's a coward about something, you know? Oh, hmm. uh, yeah. And that's, I, oh, yeah, that's yeah, good. That is a good quote. Yeah, and yeah, he's I, a coward about true. going home. Yeah, he's a coward about facing his family yeah. And, yeah. And, and and assimilating to normal life. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good quote. I yeah. like that one. That's good. Okay, Time Machine Recast. Take anyone, any walk of, of cinema throughout the years, plug them into this one. Uh, where are we going with this here? Uh, Chris, you have one ready to go? We're, we're yeah. going gonna to recast the same guy, our LVP. Yeah, Brian Garrity, right? Yeah. And uh, I have a, special, I have a special, bit of a special, long shot. Specialist me. Owen Eldridge. I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go with John, uh, Jonathan Groff, who plays Holden uh, on good, um, Mindhunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's also in Frozen. Yeah. yeah. That's a good That's a good call. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> got some pipes um, yeah it does and i just think he would he would play it a little um smarter not as like much of a dumbass like this guy played it yeah. a bit like a dumb fuck oh uh, i don't know like i'm green and i i'm kind of an idiot and i yeah. i would have liked to have it played i'm scared i'm green but like 
not an idiot. Like right. I just thought it would have been a little better. I went a very opposite route with the same character. Okay. And I kind of went more to take the comedic actor and put him in a dramatic role and try to get some squeeze some blood from the stone like like that way kind of a, a la uh, a la uh, Vince Vaughn in Hacksaw Ridge where they kind of thrust him into okay. the drill sergeant one. So I went Sean William Scott for that role Stifler. In oh, interesting. Kind of force him into a dramatic role. I don't know if I right could have, I don't think <laughs> I don't know if I could have seen him doing but, that. Until you do. Until you do. No, so no, it's know, it's a swing. It's a swing. I'd for have sure. to like be able to separate the other stuff from Yeah. From that. So yeah. it might be distracting, might not work, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, I I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay. Grant, time should recast. Uh I am also recasting Eldridge. Wow, poor Artie. <clears throat> All three of us recast your MVP. I Maybe don't know I should take up before. drinking again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I went uh, I went with a uh, I went with a guy who I think is a great. It's a really great character actor. Uh, I went with Ben Foster. Oh, I think for, for what? Oh, for that for El, character for Eldridge. Okay. I think I think Ben Foster can bring. I think he plays. He can play despair very well. And I think he can do a hell of a job, you know, given given the opportunity with that. Already, Tom Shimrikas. We're recasting Jeremy Renner. Okay. Okay. Of course. Sure. We're gonna go with Tom Hardy. It's on brand. Ah, I referenced him before. Uh, that that would have been good. Role. Yeah. I, th- I think he'd be good. Yeah. Add can't, a little more. Can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like him in that. A little more possible. chops. There's enough explosives to blow us all to Jesus. He gets to wear the mask. <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd have a mask. He'd have a mask. If I'm going time. to die, I'm yeah. going to die comfortably. Exactly, Grant. Go <laughs> back to the people. <laughs> I was born in darkness. <laughs> Great voice. Hello, this is Brian from the Talking Horror Podcast with Jamie and Nikisha, and I just wanted to wish the most amazing, spectacular, Oscar-winning four-year anniversary to the Best Picture cast. We love you, we love listening to you, and we love talking horror movies with you. Congratulations and happy anniversary. <laughs> this one is the uh, Oscar reevaluation, so I'm going to get, if it can only win one, and if it wins them all, except one, what are they going to be? So we're working is what we're working with here: director, screenplay, film editing, sound. Then there's uh, best actor, score, and cinematography. All right. Again, I'll, I'll give it to you: director, screenplay, editing, sound, actor for Renner, and then score. It, it can only win one, and then it wins them all except for one. So, Grant, I'm going to have you go first. It Let's go only, with the, it, it. Can only win one of these. I would go with editing. Editing. Okay, editing yeah. is a good I'm answer. I'm editing. I was between editing and this one. I'm going to stick with my MVP and Catherine Bigelow. Okay. Don't want to take her Oscar away kind of thing. You yeah. Know? So, but editing is is a very, very fair answer there. That Now, wins them all except for one? Screenplay. That's the answer there. Do you agree? No, Renner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, would go, I would go with Renner um, also probably. This may change Artie's mind. Not that we normally do this on this category, but this may change your minds. Other nominees. This beat Inglorious Bastards for original screenplay. Well, that's Get the fuck out Whoa. of here, dude. Jesus, be careful. Oh, sorry, sorry. You sorry. fuck. Get the fuck out of here, Artie. I didn't, he, he didn't give it the that. award. I'm just <laughs> sitting here. I, you can't. You. It's this not is, a who should have won. That is, but that is one of the 
to me, is one of the biggest Oscar that's, blunders. That it's is, very yeah. bad. It's a joke. It's very it's bad. It's a, a complete joke. That's it's bad. A joke. It's very, um, very bad. I found this out about a year ago and was just floored. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, change, I'll change. I'm going to change my answer. Embarrassing, dude. I'll change my answer. This is a. Uh, what was your? I thought you had screenplay. I put runner. Yeah, oh, but it's not too. related to what other cat, the nominees are. Uh, no, it, you can't. It, gar- you can't guarantee what wins in this place. I guess. Yeah. yeah it's it's fair. And Jeremy Renner would Jeremy Renner would be an Academy Award winning actor if we go that route. Yeah, like what? Uh, <laughs> You're like, who wants to live in that world? <laughs> Man, that's a, that's, that's insane. bad. That's the only insane. thing I can think of is he had the story because he was he was a reporter that came home and wrote the script. Like it, that's it was a supposed lot of, to be an article. <laughs> not the better script though. Come on, what is no. the better screenplay? Yeah, Come it's a joke. With that, joke. that's bad, really bad. <sighs> okay, one to fives. Uh, we do performances. We do. Uh, we don't we do, do cutting room floor. How anymore? the movie looks. We cut out that wrestling um, scene. Yeah, I think we can all agree we're going to cut out the, the wrestling. The, scene. No, uh, great. You like the bunk, the bunker scene. I did. I mean, I I felt like this movie's pretty tight. There wouldn't there wouldn't be much I would take out of it. Yeah. It's because like, film editing was your MVP. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I would cut Artie. I'd cut that that scene too. Yeah, cut Artie. Oh, uh, one to fives. <laughs> One to fives, we go performances. We go how the movie looks, how it's shot, and then uh, finally we go story and how it's told. Okay, we'll start with performances. Um, Grant, I'm going to start with, with you on this one. Um, I think I, I'm, I'm going to give this a three. There, there's, I don't think there's anything that's incredible. There's nothing that's bad. I feel like it's a pretty pretty level in terms of performances. I am in the same spot. I actually had zero problem with the performances of this. Yeah. I have zero problem with Jeremy Renner's nomination. I thought he deserved a nomination in this. Even my LVP, I don't think is a terrible performance, no, already. to be fair not. with you. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, it's a terrible. I just thought he was the weakest of the bunch. Yeah, you know, exactly. I have to pick someone. And technically, I'm not going to pick anything because I think technically this movie is is sound. I, I guess maybe the screenplay I could have gone. I like the performances, but they're very down the middle. I don't think they were given a ton to work with with the script. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm they're... talking myself into changing my LVP now to the to the <laughs> uh, But uh, eh, he's, he was a veteran over there doing his thing. I'm, I'm gonna leave it alone. Uh, but yeah, no, to me, to me, it's it's an even three. Yeah, baseline. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go four on performance. I think, I think the movie is full of strong performances. I think everybody. Doing a great job. Even the ancillary characters is that the ancillary characters are actually stronger than the main. Guys. I, I, would, <laughs> I, I, I would agree. agree. Ray Fines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some wonderful characters and some wonderful acting going on all throughout this movie. I think everybody kind of kills it. Does exactly what they need to do. I think it's really strong. I think yeah. it's a really strong acting performance all the way through. Very fair. I could have. I could have been talked into a four. Yeah. yeah. Artie. I have it at a three. It's fine. Okay. It's not like okay. egregious. You, you know. didn't ding it up for the Jeremy Renner factor. No, I. That's why it's a three and not. I you mean, know. if you don't like him in this, you don't. You don't like. You that really is fair. Don't like you him. really don't like. Him. This, now this, you're now you're getting it. <laughs> this this is his this is his yeah. best performance. Yes. I, I do like him in Arrival. I do like. Oh, him. I like him yeah. in Arrival. Sorry, he's he's, he's very I mean, very strong. I in fucking Arrival. love him in the town. I don't know, man. Call me crazy. <laughs> Shout out town. to Adam Hitchcock out there from from uh, Streaming Circuit. He's, I love it. There you go. You it's guys connect stuff. on that one. We go next to how the movie looks, how it's shot, how it's presented on screen. It's a five for me. It's a five. Oh, baby. I mean, I mean, I I, I I factor editing into this mm-hmm. too. Sure. Uh, cinematography is out of this world. And like I said, like this is a movie where you feel 
like you can taste like you can like smell like like what the room smells like or you can mm. like feel feel the heat of the of the car that he's in it just it yeah it just sets out to it just achieves everything it sets out to yeah i'll push back a little on that it's a 4 for me i i, I don't i just had a little bit of a different experience with it to me it's not out of this world i wasn't that sucked into it it's a it's a really good looking film it's really well executed, but it's just a tick below that. Uh, and I've given out quite a few fives in this category throughout, but this is a tick below. Um, the camera work is very strong, borderline impressive, um, but just not not quite the five for me. I go four. Okay. I also have it at a four. Um, I think it's it's less about it, it, yes. I think it looks really great, but it's the way the camera makes you feel that I think is really important here. And I think, honestly, I think four is, five is, five is really hard to accomplish in my opinion. Like, I don't know if I give out fives that easily mm. um, in this category. This movie's strong. I, I yeah. really love the camera work. And like, like Grant said, the editing is a big part of how it overall, how it looks and how it feels. It's a, it's a strong four for me. I could have even be, been convinced of a five, but uh, yeah. four is good. Okay. I, I expected to hear a five today. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it a four for how it shot. It shot very strong. I will say, while I like the documentary style filmmaking, I'm never going to give a five to a movie that, that utilizes that. It's just not... I Five to me is, is Lawrence. It's Bridge right. on the River Kwai, where every single scene is a painting. It's memorable. Everything. Like... Mm. A, Hundred percent of it. Sound of music. Did I give that a five? How it shot? I don't think so. That's pretty beautiful, though. I think you five 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 that. Yeah. Did I? I You probably did. But I mean, I think I gave it a five too. Yeah. So I I I take your point is what I'm saying. Yeah, like I I I do think it's really effective and I liked it, but like also like I'm not making a ton of, you know, this movie isn't super memorable. Like scenes, every single scene of it isn't memorable. I think that's kind of yeah. a bit of a result of the documentary making filmmaking. making a wonderful point. Yeah. Like, right. the, the five is considered like the best of, of all time films. Yeah, like I remember every scene of yeah. Back to the Future, right. Jaw, like Jurassic Park, yeah. every single scene, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of I kind of put that in. It's, it's not just, it's, it's not just the cinematography. I, I feel like it's other things, but I do think that the, if the movie, if the cinematography represents the story right. very well, I feel like the I cinematography agree. is utilized to tell the story, even though it's not as beautiful as Lawrence yeah. of Arabia is. It's evoking. I feel like certain, it is. It does exactly what it sets out to do. A hundred percent agree, and, and that's yeah. part of my four. Is it yeah. four is a really strong answer for and, me yeah. in cinematography. And I think we had this discussion with Platoon. I have. I'm surrounded by anti-platooners here around me, but to me, the camera work told the story, just like Grant's saying. And that's why, and you were already, you were pretty low on the camera work and that you thought it was, and to be fair, it was, I think it was Richardson's like one of his first works, but yeah, you can tell uh, he figured it out as he went and it got better yeah. as it went. I, I happen to really like how it told the story. And that's why I like, I like Grant's five because of that. It is yeah. part of the storytelling. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to be like, like Kubrick with a, with a helicopter <laughs> flying over the mountain. It doesn't have yeah. to be that. It or sound be, of music with the helicopter yeah. flying right. over the mountain. It, right. does, it, it can be just like it. They use the camera to create the atmosphere and the story yeah. in an effective way. Right. It doesn't have to be a beautiful, scenic thing. Yeah, right. Cool. All right. How the story's told? Grant, I'll have you go. Uh, I know I'm going to be by far. the high man. I'm going to be the high man. I'm giving it a four. 
I, I think I think the themes work for me in this uh, much more than uh, than you guys do. I think that there's theme and then there is storytelling within the action. So it's not just set piece after set piece. I think that each thing does push the characters in a certain way. That's just how I see it. I'm going to give it a two. I just, I, I don't think the characters were developed well enough. I, I, I think there was some really weak spots in the, in this. I, I just don't think there was an overarching story or a plot. And uh, while I enjoyed the movie f- in a lot of ways, I, I just, I don't think there was uh, a lot of depth in the story. Really, I'm going to echo Chris here with the two. Uh, I think the movie had something to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't think it tried to really say it until the last 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. And I, I, I think some of these performances were hurt by the script, to be honest. Uh, I thought there could have been more character development. I thought the set pieces could have been strung together a little better from a narrative standpoint. There's a miss here for me with this, right. that this movie could have been a little better. Again, this movie is, you know, we're going to talk about ranking in a second, but this movie is not in the lower half for me. This is like, this Absolutely. is a very competent, yeah. solid oh. movie, but there are things that, that hold it back from being like a real, real memorable yeah. one. So, right. and and this is the area that I'm going to take it up with the two. Artie. Two. Thin, not very layered, very straightforward characters i disagree with grant a little bit about renner is i think his character just kind of is the same at the beginning and the end and we just see him go through experiences i i think he's the same character too and i think that's the i I feel like that's the point i think uh, that oh yeah i i I get what you're saying grant like i think that that is the that that is what they're going for like that that this character didn't change like he is this is who I is who I is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think, right? Is that the, yeah? That, that's that's, that's, that's kind of like that's right? who, yeah, that's and, who he and is. Developing yeah. into a father and a family man is going to be a challenge for him right. because he is what he is, right. and it's not that. No, right. Yeah, fair, yeah, which is fair. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. When maybe and maybe this isn't what Anthony Mackie is. You know, I don't think that makes a compelling story though. <laughs> like, if, it's, if it's done with a better script, it could. But right you know. in this case, I don't. I don't think it works yeah. that well. But I still. Enjoyed the shit out of the movie. Yeah, Mac, Mackie and... I think I have to change my LVP to the screenwriter now. <laughs> I've never done it before. I don't think I've ever done, gone back and changed, but already I think i got to lay off your guy a little bit. I, I think I'd go screenwriter. Mackie and, and Renner could have had some much better conversations between totally each agree. other to build both of their characters. Think about what the downtime in In the Heat of the Night did. Just the two of the guys sitting on a couch together. Yeah. I mean, that, that was 30 seconds that turned the film into a completely different piece piece of art. And that just was wasted time here for me. Yeah. But, I don't know. Uh, okay. In a ranking standpoint, where does this kind of fit for you? Grant, it seems like you're the high man of the crew. For me, it's in the yeah. middle, which means it's going to probably... Well, we, we've learned that the middle is probably pretty strong, so it would push it back a little bit. I'd say, like, maybe like 60s. Probably 60s for me. Yeah, I'd probably do, what, wait, 95 movies? Um, yeah, we're about, yeah, about 95, 96 now. Yeah, so I, I would I would probably give it like probably like I guess I'm not as high as as you as you maybe think because I'm thinking Which is about fifty. Yeah. yeah, okay, fifty. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking the fifties. I, I really I really liked the movie. Yeah. I mean, or I don't want people to think I hated this. Movie. No, you're just critical. I really it. liked yeah. it. Yeah, but there's elements of it that don't work, and and I yeah. think the story is the main thing. But like, I really liked it. 
So I, a 50s for sure, okay. I, I think. Yeah. And, and to come back around to what we talked in the very beginning, we talked about it being rewatchable. I don't have any problem with turning this thing on on a random day. Well, okay. I, I, I'd, I'd be entertained. I'd be I, well, it. I think that we were, t- I don't know if it was off mic or not, but like Artie said something like, if, if there's a certain scene on, I can totally see myself being like, oh, yeah. shit. It's compelling. I love this scene. It's a compelling yeah. movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. the movie it's, versus it's just, film thing that Artie brought up in the very beginning is kind of a thing for me. Yeah. yeah. One to 95s. Uh, it's probably going to be around, I'm just thinking like late 60s. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so early seventies. Same, same type of spot. Okay. It's, it'll be around. I have a probably a little higher in my mind than Argo, okay. like that range of right. movie. Happy fourth anniversary, Best Picture cast. This is Brendan B. And this is Aaron B. One of my favorite moments about recording was recording Chariots of Fire in the frigid cold air of Artie's backyard. One of my favorite memories is probably going to be doing My Fair Lady, making everyone come over at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because every time we record, I seem to be pregnant. So this is normally where we would do recommends for The Hurt Locker. So instead of us rattling off a bunch of war movies, (laughs) which we probably all recommended last year and the year before and the year before in our anniversary episode, we're going to talk about... The Secret Santa, the BBC Secret Santa movies that we recommended to each other. And we're going to go through those now. Who would like to start? Does anyone kind of feel... Actually, let's maybe let's start with Chris because Joey's not here. So we'll go with with you first. So, uh, Joey, uh, Chris, why don't you say the movie that Joey recommended for you and uh, talk to us about it. Joey recommended to me a a movie. It was a movie. Uh, It was Uh a Korean film, right? It was uh, 2016, I believe. And it was name was The Handmaiden. Okay, The Handmaiden. Now, before you go, has anyone else in the room seen it? I have not. I have not. No. Okay, so you're the only okay. one who's seen it. So let's okay. t- walk us through. It's an incredibly horny movie. <laughs> lots so we of, matched it up pretty good with Lots that. of... Um, I'm, I'm listening. Oh, Artie would be a big fan of this film. Um, <laughs> lots of nudity and lesbianism. And uh, that's that's the movie, essentially. No, oh. <laughs> um, no, it, it was actually quite an interesting film. It's kind of a, um, a uh, like a mystery, kind of a scam artist kind of situation going on. I don't want to give up away too many of the details, but uh, ultimately, there's a lot of sexual activity happening in this movie, and of course, a lot of torture, as any uh, uh, any Cor- Joey recommend would have. Any Joey recommend yeah. and Korean film seems to have. I don't well, know. it was Christmas, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was. I really enjoyed it. It actually was really entertaining. So, uh, a yeah. movie you'd recommend to others, sir? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. a nice person. No, it it was. Um, it would have to be a very specific person that would watch this film, but it's, uh, it's a sin of trust. Uh, yes. Yeah. What what do you, what do you say? Sin of trust is from another uh, film podcast. From our, our friend Mike oh, at okay. Cinemust, a Cinemust versus a sin of trust versus a sin of bust. So oh, I see. Recommend to everyone. Recommend to some. Select and then recommend to no. One. It would be a, definitely a select. Yeah. I think Grant would probably be into it, and me and okay. probably Kieran too. Um, Artie just for the uh, the sexual nature of it, but uh, <laughs> I'll watch it in three and a half minute interval. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely interesting, and it definitely, definitely Joey. Like it, I had Joey written all over it for okay. sure. It didn't shock you or leave you yeah, surprised I, I, that he recommended it. No, he he's a he's a sick maniac, and it made sense. <laughs> 
I'm I'm really disappointed I didn't get his take on surviving Christmas. Oh, I wanted to hear that. Oh, we'll get it at, uh, at our own. I feet, know. Yes. I just want to. See, the... I want to see him. I want to look in his eyes. <laughs> he talks about it. And that is the Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Kirk Cameron's right. saving Christmas. Well, I mean, the best. The all you, Grant. You have the MVP for. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's all time. <laughs> Grant, why don't we yeah. go next there, buddy? I had Chris. Okay, Chris recommended, and he you. recommended uh, Brick by Ryan Johnson. Oh. His first film, I believe, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's great. I I really enjoyed it. Cool. It's it's kind of like um, it's weird because they it's like quirky, it's, it's, right? It's, it's like, like it's like a neo film noir, but they they kind of talk like they're from the forties at times, right. where they have like their own little quippy language, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's really great in it. Yeah, it's it's really it has a lot of young sexy people from the like the mid Luke, uh, Lucas 2000s, was, I guess. was was yeah. was it was a big surprise to me. The, the girl, like the femme fatale in it. Oh, she's so cute. Amazing. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I yeah, fell in yeah. love. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. I knew you would. Oh, my God. And it's cool how they come up with it. Yeah. The, like you said, that like that, like throwback kind of language yeah. they use. It's, and... it's a it's a really it's a really cool movie. It's a movie yeah. that I would I would recommend to people for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I had I had a feeling that Grant would like this and that it was a good recommend. I saw this recently, and if I'm being completely honest, it just didn't fully work for me. Oh like, yeah, yeah. It, it was just the, the it was a clash of uh, of visual. It was too. It was like not enough neo and too much noir kind of thing. I like see. the language versus the visuals just were a little bit of a conflict for me. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not sold on on uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt either. Not my okay. favorite. Well, this was his time right yeah. there too. That yeah. was right around the time where he was. It was very movie. first filmy to me, you know, like a guy's but first it, film. It wasn't bad. I didn't yeah. dislike it. It just didn't fully work for me. It's, like I, yeah, it's it's funny because this he works. I guess he works. With, Ryan Johnson works with the same people because the cinematographer was Steve Yedlin, or uh, Yeldon, who um, works with him to this day. Worked in the Knives Out movie and yeah. and um, like the Last Jedi. He was a cinematographer for. Yeah. Um, so it was just really, it's really interesting to kind of see that stuff. I, he's come a I, long way. I did pick it yeah, with, with, uh, no, I mean, with like knives out, oh, brick to knives out has yeah. come a long way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I did pick it specifically for Grant. I, 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 I thought he would no, really, his sensibilities would be perfect. It was a great, movie. it was a great choice. Yeah. That, that matched up well. Uh, man, I think we'll end on Beetlejuice and Artie. Uh, oh, I'll go next. Yes. I got, I got, I'm so excited for the, these next two. These Artie yeah, recommended me for me, Logan. Yes. Uh, it was the, uh, uh, the Wolverine kind of, um, uh, closing story there right you know yeah. kind of his his, his uh-huh. end a, a movie a film that was nominated for best screenplay adapted screenplay at the oscars which was surprising to read yeah it's one that already has been recommending to me for quite a while one that grant's been recommending to me but quite a few people have um and they said it would be up my alley uh chris you've seen or you haven't seen oh yeah you've seen okay i saw the theater all right i do want to start here by saying like with you guys like when you recommend these superhero movies to me like you you realize it's not gonna be like this aha moment like I love superhero movies no like it's like there is this is a superhero movie and I don't like these movies well you're like, looking I, at me I, you know I hate them too no, generally I, I'm just you're just in front of me but I like I'm not some going for an aha moment okay. either I thought so, I found the one I, I thought you might be like clear yeah. about that like so okay. you know when I see two Wolverines fighting against each other with fake claws I'm sorry that doesn't do it for me and it checks out I think that's shitty writing like. Oh, he, he's so tough and, and bad that the only person that can beat him is him. You know, like, okay, yeah, this, well, am I reading a comic book? Because I 
choose to not read comic books because of this. All right. It's literally now, adapted from a comic book. <laughs> right, well, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's why I don't watch these movies. Now, okay, I'm being a little mean to start here. All right. There are some things in this movie that definitely work for me. Okay. I have to preface this with I am not a Hugh Jackman guy. It's not his fault. He did nothing wrong. He's a wonderful professional at what he does. I just don't like him. This goes back to Rex, uh, Rex Harrison of last with with um, with My Fair Lady. I don't like the guy. So I'm watching a movie with him for this many hours. Like, I, I you know, he, he, the bar is only so high. Okay. This is a good Hugh Jackman. This is a good Hugh Jackman. I love it. I appreciate him. Now, one of the things you sold me on with this movie, Artie, is, is the visceral violence, particularly with Wolverine's skills and that opening scene definitely works i mean him using that as a as a rated r weapon definitely works and the cgi doesn't flow in that you know which is i mean it doesn't um no not not that it doesn't flow is it doesn't obstruct my viewing of it you know it looks like a weapon and he's using it as a weapon and it's cool gore cool violence dug that was into it right out of the gate with that so i'm i I was pretty hyped about that end of it when i start seeing cgi flips uh, from the little girl. I mean, now I'm out of it again. You know, this How about is like, the first scene with the little girl where she's in the building and you don't see the fight. She just comes out with the head. The little girl's the MVP of this film. Yeah, she's don't awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. She's yes. incredible. She's the best part of the movie by far. Um, the CGI flips and the CGI violent. I just don't, that, that takes me out of the movie. I'm sure. out. I'm out. I need to now come back in to, to finish these two and a half hours that Marvel feels we need. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, good Lord. Um, How do you like the seizures? Um, he doesn't take his medicine and it like talk, can disrupt the world. Uh, oh, you want to talk about my LVP of the movie? What is Patrick Stewart doing? And he, this is one of the worst performances that I've ever seen from a high class actor. I strongly disagree. I think wow. he is yeah. terrible. He's he's a, he's got dementia. He's literally playing a dementia patient. Uh, Kieran wishes I, he had dementia. I, I see that's what he's trying to do. You know, Taco Bell. You know, he's a brilliant theater actor. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. They should have buried him in the first act instead of the second. This, this is the best. He oh is God. awful in this movie. He is awful. Cringe bad. Cringe I just realized bad. that our podcast should just be that we make Kieran it's watch not these happening. movies. Dude. It's not we, happening. It really he's, should be, though. He's literally working on a version of that where like, I listen to country music. <laughs> <laughs> we will go every other episode. <laughs> I like that. I, I can't. We, you guys would be famous if you listen to a country a- album. First react, and, yeah. and he wants to do it with a video medium on YouTube. I literally can't reacting. believe you guys are shocked that I think that Patrick Stewart is bad in this. I'm, I'm not shocked about anything. <laughs> I mean, nothing shocks me with your reaction to this, but I thought he was pretty good in it. Actually, <laughs> if you yeah. guys could, see, I wish I, you guys could see Kieran's face because he's about to explode. Uh, Logan, <laughs> Logan, please. No, oh Lord, no. Okay. Let's bring it back around. Speech at the end. You know what? I think you've said enough about Logan. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Please bring say more. Around. Please say more. Speech at the end is incredible, and I'll make I'll say a, a hot take that you wouldn't think would come from me. I actually think the speech from Shane works better in Logan than it does in Shane. That's how powerful it is at the end of this thing. That the speech that the little girl gives from Shane. Yeah. Oh, from Shane. Yeah. yeah, she gives the monologue from Shane, and I actually think it's more emotionally impactful in Logan than it is in Shane. Um, you know, so uh, that's a big statement there, guys. So I'm, I'm giving a lot of ground here with that. Yeah. How about when the, the little girl first starts talking in Spanish? She's yeah, like, that's you great. can fucking talk. That's great. And when she her. starts like killing people, it's great too. Yeah. Like the CGI flips, not so much. And the final battle, because kind of meh. I mean, again, with two Wolverines yeah. fighting against each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. 
You That's know, the weakest part of the movie, yeah. probably. It's it's very. I, I I have to think this came after Stranger Things. It's very like Eleven from Stranger Things, but no, um, I don't think I think it came before. No. I honestly don't know. I, I want to say it was like oh nine Logan or yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Oh no, it's later than that. Logan's like seventeen, I think. Could be. What do I know? I don't think so. Uh, I think Stranger Things is sixteen. I think it's like they're out at the same time. Stranger Things is twenty sixteen, and Logan is 20, 2017. So it's a year oh, after really? Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh wow! So it is very Stranger Things, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. It works. It works within the world of where they're doing. Where's that? So, all right, that's a mouthful about Logan. But you're gonna make me watch two hours and twenty minutes of a Marvel movie. I'm gonna have something to say. Yeah. But overall, it was. If you're gonna recommend me a Marvel movie, it was a good recommend. There it, you go. it had enough sensibilities to it that kept me involved. And I liked the little scene with the, the family they met. Yeah. Uh, and that whole part was very compelling, you know, um, upsetting, but compelling. But yeah. So cool. There you go. There's right. Logan. There's Kieran B. watching a, a Marvel movie, guys. Thank you. Okay. All right. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I'll let you say the last one. Beetlejuice. So who re- Kieran recommended yeah, this? Yeah, you've never right? seen yeah. Beetlejuice. Yep. And a lot of listeners got back to us saying he's never seen Beetlejuice or Stand By Me. He needs to see both. They're now demanding that you see both. So you'll have to deal with the listeners on the side. But I have received texts about that up until yes. last night. They want you to see both. But okay, but you did see Beetlejuice. So I watched Beetlejuice and honestly, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's, I love how much of it was Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis yeah. as opposed to, in my mind, I thought it was like Michael Keaton the whole time and it'd yeah. be over the top right. and it'd be too no. much. He's not really in it that no, much right relative on. to yeah. what the movie is. The whole like, point is that like you don't want to summon him. Like, yeah. right? like he's <laughs> not he's, a good thing. Uh, and I like how he curses and it's uh, well it was like yeah. what was it early 90s? Uh, late, uh, late, late 80s. 80s. Yeah, like PG right, right, movies right, right. had nudity, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they dropped the F bomb a bunch of times. I love that. Nice fucking model. The strip club. He's like, yeah. why'd yeah, you the, build this? He's the like, the I build that. Yeah, Bordello. Yeah, it's a Bordello. Yeah. As a little kid, I did not know what that was. Yeah. 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 I did. Weird. <laughs> uh, also, really sad. All the, like, wanting to die stuff with sure. Winona Ryder. That's yeah, fucking sad. It's yeah. stuff that, like, really wouldn't happen now. I'll, like. I'll, 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 no. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, a lot of it had me wondering, what the hell is this Tim Burton guy like in real life? Because he writes some weird He's shit. He's a sick fucking maniac. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Clearly. And, like, there, 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 Gina Davis at one point is a corpse bride, and he mentions the word corpse as referring to the bride and like you know how many years later did he do corpse bride was that him yeah yes. i yeah. guess it was yes. okay, yes. like it was. Definitely was. It you've was. had these thoughts in your head this long this is fucking weird like what, very, what, what do you think about very upsetting tim burton what corpse bride when like when they summon out of the book yeah and then and they like they realize really it's gotten old. away from them yeah and they're oh, dying kid, I was, I and they start like that. deteriorating yeah, yeah. It, it, the movie's like, really i watched that motion i watched that movie as like silly i watched that movie as a young person same young kid and would never show my my daughter that at the same age i was was like i was like what maddie loves it how old is she six after watching you showed your six-year-old that movie dude after after watching it i know and and she was okay with it she She was scared no she loves it it's not really my my daughter it's just macabre you know it's it's yeah my daughter is particularly sensitive my kid loves halloween She's like a big so Halloween. She loves she's a big night, Halloween. She kid. loves Night Weaver for Christmas, so, so maybe it would be similar. Already know. seen yeah. in the movie. Of Beetlejuice? Yeah. The fucking dance scene around yeah. the table. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I was hoping yeah. you'd say it. I love that that's, scene. That's what it is. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 No question. Legendary. Because when it first starts, I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? And then I'm like, oh, I get it. They're possessed. 
Yeah. yeah. Remember, yeah. it was a first watch. So, like, this... The she hand just, in the face pulling into the He's shrimp. like, what do you yeah. recommend we do? And she just... This noise starts playing. Day-o. And she just starts... Yeah. 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 I, I'm like, what's happening time. right now? Legendary. It's all Legendary. time. It's a really great script. The closing, yeah. the closing credits are great. Too with the uh, she's dancing in the air and the yeah. Yeah. oh yeah that's awesome yeah. with the football yeah. team in the so back coach yeah. oh, yeah. I think yeah. we're dead <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I the, just have the waiting room with the numbers like that that dark comedy is yeah. just is so good so, yeah. yeah you bring the manual you lost the manual. Uh, I love that. I love that. There's a the handbook. There. The handbook. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for, a, for the recent. You didn't read the handbook. Oh man, it's the checked out. This reads like stereo instruction. It's just an eternity it's, as the social worker. Hey, like, I I feel like I have to watch that again. And I'll also, uh, how are we feeling about the second one coming out? Like, it, that, I mean, I'll watch that's it. Coming. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll watch What's it. What's Artie's initial point? I hope we don't get too much Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah and oversaturate yeah, yeah. there. This is Mike Amendola. Hey, best picture cast. I just wanted to. uh send out the message congrats on four years and uh just looking back on all the different podcasts i i have to go back to one of the earliest ones i I don't know if it was the lion king episode itself or well i guess you guys didn't do a goodfellas episode exactly even though it basically gets brought up in every single episode just about but my favorite segment has to be when nala flushes all the antelope meat down the drain and Simba gets mad. Hilarious stuff. Keep on it. Keep it moving, guys. Congrats. So there you have it. There are our PPC secret channels. We will have Joey talking about his Kirk Cameron Christmas movie. He's uh, the only uh, one that got like, like a fuck you movie. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, and uh, there is one more bpc secret santa to discuss here. He is who you heard in the earlier portion of this episode, Joey R. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we Yo, did, why don't you let the people know what Grant Z selected for you? And yours actually was a Christmas movie. Yeah, it was, unfortunately. And, <laughs> you know, we, we all had chose two things. Grant decided to go real saw heavy. <laughs> and I chose Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Oh, Lord. And I got to say, you know, for 1001 by 1 this year, we did Henry V. And I was like, this is my least favorite movie I've ever watched. And very quickly, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Wow, it overtook Henry V. It's absolutely the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. It was, here's the thing. I don't care what you think or believe. Whatever, that's your business. Be factually correct and don't be a condescending prick about it. You know, is this a is this a, a Hallmark movie? Or no, he it? like self funded it. And oh, okay. And then when it got, then when the, everyone this is saw like a, a fateful finding situation, almost. but not entertaining. And okay. then when everybody when it was getting torched and like zeros on Rotten Tomatoes, he blamed Reddit. He blamed people coming after him. It's the worst thing. And then there's just like a dance at the end that's atrocious. Nobody knew how to dance. <laughs> It's the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. Wow. Grant got me. He nailed it. I enjoyed how bad it was, but my God, what a piece of shit. Was it uh, over or under 90 minutes? Um, Runtime, I think under 90 minutes. Feels like about seven hours. (laughs) Oh, Grant. Yeah, he really went for it here. The rest of us tried to... Give something that we thought the yeah, person like, would take something out of. I thought, you know, for Chris, I was like, all right, what would he never watch? But I think he would appreciate. Yes, yes, and he did, as, as you've heard. Um, oh, boy. Okay, so uh, Finding Christmas? Save, Kirk Cameron. Not just Saving Christmas. It's Kirk Cameron's sa- So he Kirk needs to Cameron's be. Kirk Cameron's Saving yeah. Christmas. He has to be the one to save it. The douche from Growing Pains needs to let you know. 
<laughs> that he's the one who's saving it with fact- painfully incorrect information. Does Boner appear, his friend from uh, Growing Pains? No, I think once you get someone fired from a sitcom job, you uh, <laughs> don't go on to their next movie. Oh, my God. Okay, well, there you have it. What's up, Best Picture Podcast? This is Chauncey Talese, host of LA Providential. And I just want to congratulate you guys on four wonderful years of this podcast. I'm a huge awards dork, so um, I love this podcast dearly. Uh, my first memory of the show was listening to you guys, uh, well, one of you guys bash Goodfellas, and that offended me to no end. And I'm blessed that I got to come on and talk about The Departed. Not once, but twice. No one also let me talk about The Departed that much. Nor will I ever get into a 20-minute tangent about the New York Mets. So I greatly appreciate that. Um, so I hope you guys have another wonderful four years, and I can't wait to be on again. Thank you for everything. Bye. Joey, I think you're going to um, hang along here. And I'm going to stick, stick around, around. Yeah, stick around. We're going to do the, uh, the Twitter questions. Beautiful. One of my favorite segments. Yeah, I think this is because you weren't on the, uh, the, the meat of the episode. This would be a nice little way to get uh, your, your voice out here, at least uh, a little taste before the, uh, before the old rankings episode at the end of the season so we're gonna head to uh to twitter x where the lovely followers of best picture cast at best picture cast chipped in for some questions and comments pertaining to Catherine bigelow's hurt locker we're gonna start here with cinemusts and mike from cinemusts ask what's everyone's favorite war film set in the middle east Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, it's mine too. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hurt Locker. I, I really do. I love it. Um, now, if we'll say that maybe he meant like modern Middle yeah. East struggles, like, you know, like like post-1990. Uh, right. post I mean, because what? Because Catherine Bigelow did the other one, right? Zero Dark uh, Zero Dark 30. Um, I would say I prefer this to that. I prefer this. I'm very high on this movie. Okay. I, I, yeah. So I, I really like this movie. So um, I think you have to kind of take Lawrence of Arabia out of it. Mm. Because I don't think anything's yeah. touching that. Yeah. You know, you could argue it's not a war movie, but mm-hmm. it, it is. It I is. Mean, it definitely it's is. It's a World yeah. War One movie. Yeah. So, um, I mean, this is up there. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen Jarhead. I, lo- I like Jarhead a lot, but I think this is this is more nuanced. Hmm. Uh, the, the reason I like this is there's no, like, exposition, no, like, you're with them, and the story and the character developments work for you with what they show you or they don't work for you and yeah. i like that because you're in with it or you're not and that's cool like jarhead is very good gyllenhaal's fantastic but they they let you know at all times what's going on yeah yeah okay um i'll throw a little uh, wild card in there have you ever seen the movie the wall john cena yeah, and eric john, taylor johnson great yeah that's great a fun one, one. it's yeah. almost got like a like like hitchcock vibes to yeah. it you know it's uh it's just it, it's not really about war or anything it's, it's two just kind of yeah it's, it's kind of like a um uh, like a suspense thriller in, yeah. in a moment. Yeah. And those two guys have great chemistry and it really works. Yes. Let's go with Steve G at Steve OG's. And Steve G writes, this is the first year that the Oscars started using ranked ballots for best picture. Do you think this was the reason it won overall well-liked and not very divisive? Or do you think it would have won regardless? Or it's that this is also, I believe, the first year that it goes to 10 yes. nominees. Right. Yes. Do you think that this is the type of movie that wins in a, like, let's say it were the early 2000s or the 90s with the, the top ones that are up there? Yeah, I mean, I think a 2008 movie about 2004 and the conflict, like, yeah, I, I think this is an appropriate win. I think it just, I think it's an award-winning movie. I think Catherine Bigelow's big name. I think, it, I think it tracks. I have no issues. Yeah, I think an Avatar might have done a little better in the past system. That they used, um, 
Yeah. But uh, Avatar sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, in the 90s, they might not have uh, realized that, of course. Listen, I'm sure that the system that voted it Best Picture had some effect on it right. getting voted I, Best Picture, but it's it's kind of tough to say if another yeah. movie would have... And I don't think this is one of those things where, like, everybody voted it two and everybody switched it one. Like, I just don't think there's... I don't think there was that one movie or two... Like, I don't think this was such a divisive year where, like, I think it's a clean win. Well, I, I mean, I have to bring up Inglourious Bastards, so... Well, that's what... If we're doing that, like, yeah, that's what I would have voted for. Right. But, you know, I think that's also not a movie that people... There's... Uh, it's it's hard to say oh because the new system Tarantino didn't win when he never wins right. so he it's hasn't like won a, before he didn't win in the old system either yeah. right so it's tough to it's tough to do that and I think you know that people like the, the, the you know the Academy likes good old fa- like straight wars movies where Inglorious Bastards I think is better but I think this is a really good movie so I think it's you know I, I don't think it's losing people which is is you know it, it's also you know that's what makes the Parasite win even that. Hell much more yeah. fun because it does beat the traditional old school war movie. Yep. 1917 is great. Great. But not better than Parasite. No, not at all. But that's not what we're discussing here today. Uh, okay. Next we have at GMOTE Podcast, direct from the mind of Tom Duncan. I know that, that you know, Tom Duncan commenting on Catherine Bigelow movies might be a little a little dangerous and dicey around you here, Joe. Yeah, well, trash take McGee over there. <laughs> this question, though, fortunately, Joe, is for me. Oh, okay. okay so. Smart, Tom. <laughs> For Kieran, is this the best Jeremy Renner performance? If not, what is? Um, I would say yes, this is his best performance. I do like him quite a bit in Arrival. Um, I think he does a, does a real solid job in that one. Not that much is asked of him. No, I think he does more here. I think he's very good in that, but I think he just does more here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this was, I think this is pretty firmly my favorite Jeremy Renner performance, and I think it was a warranted nomination. Yeah, I mean, I think, and it's so funny because this is such early in his career, like the first big thing he gets. Yeah. And he's great. He's very, he does a lot here and yeah. it's subtlety and you know, I agree Arrival's probably next, but I've also never seen the Bourne. I've only seen like the Bourne movies once. So okay. I, yeah. So like, I don't know. I, I can't speak to it. Yeah. It's tough to imagine him hopping into the fourth Bourne movie as being his best performance. I agree, but I just, I have no. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I'm not a big, I'm not big on Renner here. That's no, uh, I like Renner big though. Shock to the people out there. Um, I know. think he's really good in the town. I know you don't, but I, I yeah. really, th- I like him a lot in there. Yeah, I th- and I think he's pretty terrible in the Mission Impossible movies too. But and he was supposed to take over for Tom Cruise, and oh, Cruise God. was just, jeez, pieced him out. Is he bad in those? Uh, the first one he's in, in my opinion, he's pretty bad. He's, they, and it's a little bit has to do with how they use him. You know, they're kind of using right. him as. As half the comic relief and half the uh, um, the uh, uh, emotional pivot of the movie, and they, they're doing too much with him. Where the, his second appearance, it, he's dialed way way back, and he's doing okay. less, and he's more in the background, and it works way better. Perfect. So. Okay, so that's uh, that's from Gmo, the greatest movie of all time podcast. Let's shift over to another podcast, the Revisionist Almanac. And uh, I would imagine that this is Andrew Corns writing here, but you never quite know. In, uh, no, it's, it's in Scooby. The land of Scooby. Scooby. Yeah. American war films have a long history of using skewed patriotic lenses. Some more overt than others. Which side of the line does the Hurt Locker fall in the wake of 9-11? Are there any other war films you find as best worst examples of objectivity, if 
there can be such. Well, I mean, I guess I'll start by saying that I think that this movie is pretty down the line. Yeah, I, I don't think, I think it's about the guys. I don't think it's the bigger, like even with the ending, I don't think it's saying, I think it just is, right? Like the, the thesis of the movie is war is a drug. That's not saying that's good or bad. Yeah. That just is. And I think it's about these guys and their relationships and how they function, their psyche, which is why I think this movie is so good, right? Because it's not a rah-rah. It's not everything's bad. It's this is what it is. Like, take that for what it is. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the overt patriotism in here. Um, no, because some people want to get out. Yeah. Right? Like, Owen wants out. No matter, like, he's not. Um, and I'm, I don't think uh, Renner's character wants in for the patriotism. I think it's because everything else is really boring. He's done this 800-something, 77 times, and... You know, how do you function when everything else is that exciting? Yeah, I feel like in, inside this question somewhere, there's the, he's taking a um, an invisible dig at American Sniper. I feel like that that might be what he's where he's going with that, because I know that gets some some beef for being um, overly patriotic. Uh, I like American Sniper. Um, I'm a big fan of American yeah. Sniper. Um, I read the I love the book before it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that more of a patriotic thing sure but that doesn't take away from it like you're yeah. allowed you're allowed to tell stories when they're about real people like that's an okay thing to do you don't have to agree with it right and have you seen zero dark 30 yeah yeah what, what are your thoughts on that one i like it i don't love it I, um i've read a lot of the books beforehand and i just i i, I think it's fine i, yeah. I, really, I think i'm pretty much in the same boat with yeah. that too so yeah, re- it's it's tough to do we can we're not going to go through every movie that there ever was there yeah, i mean but, there's a lot and but like you know it's always in the different times and where the country is with war it's just kind of how perception is and that's okay yeah um t- uh tom duncan did have another one here mm, um yeah, sure he did and uh he said this is famously the smallest box office film to win best picture for the year we covered that earlier um they expanded the category to include uh, include movies like Dark Knight. Since we have multiple quote unquote small movies, since then we've had multiple small quote unquote small movies win the big prize. Is this a good development for Hollywood, specifically the Oscars? What do you think about the the kind of like the small indie A twenty four ish movies having a having a run here? I, I you know I think we could probably fill in the blanks with your thoughts in mind. Yeah, I'm pretty open. Um, I really like smaller, more layered nuanced things like I, I don't think just because a lot of people go see something that doesn't make it good mm-hmm. like I think um, sometimes it does but I think people not having access or seeing things right because and I also think there's just so much more like if some things are playing 30 times a day in one area and another's playing one a day that's not the fault of the movie it's the fault of the distributor so I don't think that takes away from what it is the quality of the movie and I think I think Bigger movies, everybody knows about them because they're they're at the super you know commercials everywhere. The smaller movies, this is how people will get access to them. And I think if the point of these award shows are to, you know, are they to reward movies or are they you know to reward box office? And I think if it's to reward people, you know, people the assumption of people going to them are people who enjoy movies, then get access to as many as you can and open up what you may or may not like. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll take the flip side of that. In you know, I also don't think that a movie should be punished for being a blockbuster. And I, I think agree. That kind of happens these days. You know, if a movie is a big, uh, a big success at the box office, you'll it'll see it 
get a best picture best picture nod sure. or nominee uh, or get some love on the below the line categories but it won't really be considered as a serious contender with the critics or um, or, or some of the other uh, types of, of earlier awards, and that tends to bleed into the Oscars. So um, we're seeing it this year with Barbie. Uh, you saw it last year with Top Gun Maverick. Um, and, you know, and, and I think it, come, it stems from, um, and I mean, actually, the year we're talking about, you kind of saw Avatar uh, take a hit there. Yeah, um, well, good. Uh, <laughs> Avatar's bad. Avatar making so much money doesn't make it good. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. Um, and it's Way of the Water got the got a nominee last year too, right? We, even worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think the movie, the performance at the box office shouldn't determine the value of the movie. I think either we way, both, we both yes. agree with that. Um, but also, just because something small and indie and you know aligned with the the film school textbook. Uh, avant-garde, I don't think that that makes it great either. Uh, so I think you have to go case by case here. Anytime you see the Oscars going on trends of rewarding specific types of, of films, that's not good. I think I it should be... It should be year to year. This isn't sports. Like, yes. there shouldn't be carryover. Like, what is the best things this year? We don't need stupid special categories like the Golden Globes tried for that nonsense. Like, what is the best? And, you know, just with blockbusters sometimes... You know, sometimes when things have to appeal to more people, it's just a little thinner. That doesn't make it bad, though. Yeah. So this transitions into Peterson W. Hill's question. And he writes, it fills two major buckets of Best Picture winners, low-budget winner and war movie. Which bucket do you think it works better as? By being markedly apolitical, do you think it works better than the other Iraq war films, and we kind of already answered that second part of the question. Do you think it works better as a, as a lower budget winner, or do you think it works better as a, a, a war movie winner? War movie winner. Hmm. Yeah, I think war movie winner is because I, I don't like. I know of how little money it made. Like I know all that, but also I, self-funded and right. You know, yeah. But it's still Catherine Bigelow, James Cameron pushing her to make this. Like, there's mm -hmm. also a, like there's also big energy behind it. Then it became a self-funded thing for funding or whatever. But yeah. I think of this as a warm story. As far as the best picture award goes, this might have a little more juice in the story behind the film than the film itself. Uh, the first female director put her money into it. I, I get the point that she's not like a no-name no person. It's, you know, the... Right. She's very um, well-known yeah. and established. But, you know, also the kind of the um, ascent of her career as she was doing you know, very different kind of films early on in his career and then getting into this circle. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it works as both. And I just, you know, when I compare this to the other war films, I don't think it really holds up personally. I, I think the Deer Hunters and the Platoons and the, um, you know, Saving Private Ryans of the World are just are just juggernauts. And this is, you know, a kind of middling genre film for me. But Yeah, I think it's pretty up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. really... But, and I think because it's such a... Because it's such a focused on three guys. Yeah. So it sounds like you were the, probably the high man on this film here. It would have been oh, nice very to have high you on the this. Mixture, yeah. But yeah. Well, we're getting it out now. Finally, we have. Oh, this is from Jay at the Jayest ever. It's <laughs> a great name. Would love would love it if you gave a top five list of best picture winners that were war films with the Hurt Locker be included. So we just kind of more or less talked about that too. Um, I, I have some of those ones I just listed ahead of it. I think I would even put uh, All Quiet on the Western Front ahead of it. So now we're kind of. Mixing into does this make my top five? Um, I might have it at three behind uh, Platoon and Lawrence. Oh, we're counting Lawrence too. Yeah, so I would have 
Lawrence ahead. I'd have Platoon ahead. I've had Deer Hunter ahead. Uh, I'd have All Quiet ahead. Yeah, this um, isn't All Quiet. Honestly, yeah, this is tough. It, I have it above All Quiet. The, the wedding scene in Deer Hunters might have this <laughs> ahead of it because this has no fat. That is true, but I man, this I don't. This just doesn't come close to comparing with uh, with Deer Hunter to me. I probably like this better than something like a. Not a winner, but a director winner in um, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is definitely compact, and and Nikki said there's not an ounce of fat on it. So it's it's a character story. I love character stories. Yeah. So those are the uh, the Twitter questions there. Good questions. Um, this, yeah. this go around. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Joey, can I keep you on for a couple of these? Always nominees here. Yeah. Go. It's not a who should have won podcast, but we do like to discuss the other two. And this is you know section you're usually uh, right in the in the middle there with me. So um, we got uh, two very different movies here to kick things <laughs> off. We'll start with Precious, or uh, a, a novel uh, based on the novel by Sapphire, the, the novel Push by Sapphire, right? I don't know why that always got tied into the Always. Title, yes. Sapphire is great at marketing, I guess. <laughs> this is a movie you've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Sapphire right around Oscar time, be- right before it came out. Okay, yeah. It's a uh, heavy movie, to say the least, directed by Lee Daniels. Uh, starring um, Gaboret Sidibe, Monique, Paula Patton, Mariah Carey in the mix there, too. Uh, it won for screenplay, which was kind of a bit of a famous upset there. And it won for supporting actress Monique, who I don't believe has been in the movie since. No, but. she really wrote <laughs> yeah. this into retirement. <laughs> right. Uh, what are your thoughts on Precious? Really great, difficult movie to watch. I felt it. I was in it. I felt emotionally exhausted when it ended and i have not watched it since yeah uh i also one and done for me but a little more recently for me i watched it um when i i went on uh, sam Meltzer's podcast and the oscar doesn't go to i did a lot of these movies because uh, that was the year we were covering oh, nice. did, uh, the next movie that we're going to talk about um but uh yeah this is uh oof, this is just a dour a it's dour great experience but whoo yeah yeah <laughs> it's 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 tough to really get back into and get pumped on to re-get into it. But they do a fantastic job. It's it's not a, that's, you know, just some movies are harder to, some movies aren't rewatchable. Yeah, and uh, Gabby Sidibe is great in that lead role, too. She, Unbelievable. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, okay, so that's Precious. We'll, we'll leave that right there. Next is the movie that I did cover on that podcast with Sam Meltzer, and it is Up in the Air, directed by, and written by Jason Reitman. Uh, this was the one that was favored to win for screenplay, adapted screenplay, uh, that year and was a little bit upset. Starring George Clooney, Vera Farmiga, and Anna Kendrick. All three were up for Oscars this year. Ryan Bigham enjoys living out of a suitcase for his job, traveling around the country firing people, but finds that lifestyle threatened by the presence of a potential love interest and a new hire presenting a new business model. I love this movie. Uh, yeah, you're I, very high on I, this movie. It, would, it almost made my top 10 list when That's we did awesome. the top 10 list. Uh, I love revisiting it. I think it's the right mix of humor and a plot and plot twisting and emotional impact, themes. It, it, and it ages really well with Zoom now. Yes. Like it kind of predicted Zoom. And the craze that, that that would become. And Anna Kendrick's in it. And, Ugh, and she's wonderful. She's yeah. she's wonderful at everything. And she's actually wonderful in this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, great. And and Vera, Vera Farmiga, great. who I just love. Um, Same. Yeah. Uh, and one of Clooney's her. best. Uh, definitely one of Clooney's best. You know, it's not one of these weird forgettable things he does. Like, it's really good. And he's yeah. great. Right. And I, you know, Reitman's really good. 
Um, I think yeah, I didn't. I remember when this movie like came out. It was I was like, all right, I'll see that. Like mm. I wasn't super interested in it. It just it didn't. I was like, oh, good business guys flying around. Who gives a shit? And then I saw it. I was like, oh man, no, it's. Great. I was so wrong. And I saw it in theaters. It was a great theater watch. And I was just. I remember leaving, being like, oh, I'm so happy. I was so wrong about this. This was just like, oh, it's going to be nominated. Let me watch it. Yeah. Um. Fun little cameos in there too from Sam Elliott. Yeah, they just, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, Zach Galifianakis is in there. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. There's, there's fun little cameos in there. I dig this one very much, and it's a shame it didn't take home any gold that year. Um, but it was just kind of, I, I thought Vera Farmiga should have won that award personally, and it's over Monique. But you know, I know that's an unpopular take. No, I people. think that's correct. I agree with you. Yeah, Vera. It's um, Vera. She's she's great in this. She's I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm trying to she's, think. She's got. She's that. She plays that kind of that. That Hitchcock esque, yeah, uh, blonde role in it, you know, has the, she nails it. Yeah, pivots. You could see where she'd be really good in, ho- in like horror franchises later, which she's yes. done so much. Like you see that it's like, oh, this all makes sense now. Yeah, like, she, she found her it. her niche yeah. after this, but um, would like to see her back on the award uh, circuit one of these days because she's she's a good actress, legitimately. Yeah. yeah, and I think she will. I think you know she's having fun a little bit, getting yeah, making, franchi- making money, <laughs> getting those franchise checks, having a blast. Yep. I think she, then she'll come back and do something. Yeah, her real. sister's a good actress too. I Very like her sister, yeah. And she does a lot of horror stuff, too, these days, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So, All right, Joe. Well, uh, we're going to go back to the, to the crew here and fire through the rest of these, uh, these nominees. Um, thanks for, uh, for coming in. I'm glad we could work this out to make you a part of this. Always happy to be involved. You know that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, go back and listen to our On the Feed episode, which dropped right before this one. We go through the Oscar nominations. A lot of other uh, things. A lot of other things, too. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be a fun monthly uh, monthly appearance from you and me. And we'll do that at the end of every month. And this will be the one for uh, for January. It's, gonna, it's a great one. It's a great one. Yeah, cool. All right, Joe. Thank you. And this is, I believe, the first year of the... If it's not the first year, it's the second year of the... The ten, ten nominees, is yeah. it? So we're going to get through these uh, as quickly as we can here. Let's do it. Um, let's start with... Uh, Artie likes this one. We'll start with this one. It's uh, uh, Peter Jackson Presents District 9, directed by uh, Neil DeCombe. I like this one, too. I like that movie, dude. Oh, okay. It's three I, on I, four. Here. I like three it, on but... but- doesn't make me feel good. No, like, it's yeah. no, it's sad. It's cringy and it's gross. Yeah. I don't it's love like the, the fly in, it. in a lot of ways. I love it. Yeah, Artie's big on this one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a sci-fi masterpiece. Like, it, it, it's fucking. It, it, it's he's a film. not wrong. It's a film. Yeah, like, and I went to see that, and I'm like, "What is this yeah. movie?" Yeah. When I saw that in the theaters. Yeah, so, Kieran, you I saw don't it twice like in that theaters. One, did you? I'm not a fan for this. No, I, I, this was a one and out for me. Okay, uh, it made me feel icky. It does make you feel icky. Yeah, but I also wasn't like. When a movie makes you feel icky and I, I'm, there's no part of it that I'm like hyped on, I, I just and don't. You don't wanna... like CGI. This is pretty close and to a CGI superhero did movie. Not work for me yeah. at all. Yeah. At all. That at all. that scene where they take off the guy's cast and he has like the alien hand Ugh. is like the most. It was one of the most visceral things I've yeah, ever. Absolutely. That whole movie. we're about to saw it. Like he's like, yeah, yeah get it. Like apparently the... some uh, poignant commentary on apartheid down in yeah. yes. oh absolutely yes, very yeah, much yeah, yeah. overtly overtly so nominated for four oscars doesn't win any it was up for screenplay uh, adapted screenplay film editing and visual effects along with pictures so that is district nine we head next to the only movie that i have not seen out of these nominees until this week i watched it this week and we're going with the cohen brothers joint and it is a serious man never seen it I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen that. Well, unfortunately, I have. Uh, Oh. Not good. 
there's going to be talk in our Osc upcoming Oscars episode about like pretentious and how it pertains to movies and how that's a subjective description of movies. This would be filed under the pretentious thing for me. Like this to me is a movie that was only nominated because it's the Coen Brothers. Um, I think I'm the low man on the Coen Brothers in this foursome here. I, I kind of think they're hit or miss, and their misses are big misses, and their hits are, uh, you know, can be bloated. Um, I love their big, big ones, like the Fargo's and the and No Countries and that. Uh, this was a waste of time for me. I'm sorry. This is a complete waste of time. It was a nothing movie. Uh, that's it. I mean, you know, I guess you guys don't have... You haven't we seen have it, no, so maybe we'll have to revisit to it. I've never had anyone say, hey, have you seen a serious man? Yeah. you got to see it. Yeah. This is like... If this was anyone's first film, it would never get Oscar attention. It's it's them two years after they won for No Country, and it's like, oh, they have a you know a movie it's about a, nothing. It's a, leg it's a legacy yeah. nomination. It's a total legacy nomination, Grant. Well, well said. It was up for picture and screenplay. That's it for that. We had next to a little animated flick. Fun for the whole family. Up. Up, which was up for best screenplay uh, in addition to picture. It is a number 112 on the IMDb. Um, up thoughts, you guys. Have you guys had your had your yeah. kids watch? Not up? a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Uh, my, my kid isn't a fan. I'm not a fan. We've tried. It's not for I us. Think, I think she's. I think she's seen it. It's not something that we go back. Exactly. To. Nobody does. Nobody I, I know loves that movie. I don't know if my kids have seen it, but I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not my, saying my, it's my bad. Kid, my kid's a very big fan of Doug the dog. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. I'm with Chris on this one. It's I think this good. is a really emotional short film. Right at the beginning, yeah, tacked in front of yeah, a, a Pixar movie, you know, right, exactly. and and everyone gets roped in by that. But it's kind of like, you know, I, I've grown a little bit in um, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like I, I appreciate it more than I used to, but I kind of always felt it was like a short film right. with another movie tacked on the back of it. Yeah, and that's kind of what Up was, even yeah. more from an exaggerated standpoint. That sniper scene does kind of save a Full Metal for me, but yeah, Up, <laughs> up is Up, so. Sorry for all you Up fans out there. Up is we were, out. We were lukewarm on that one. Andrew Corns, I'm looking at you. Uh, okay, next, we head to... Oh, who are we roasting next? Uh, <laughs> Boom, roasted. The Blind Side. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this movie is... Is that really what it is? Yeah, Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an All-American football player and a first-round NFL draft pick with the help of a caring woman and her family. Talk talk um, about well, taking liberties with source material. Well, we, we we obviously know that there's been some there's been some not so great stuff about this. I like the Blind Side for what it is. Okay. I don't think it's I don't think it's a Best Picture nominee. No, I think that's a little silly. I don't I don't think that her Academy Award win should be as as uh, as hated as it is. I think she's good in it. I think yeah. she's good too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, come on, she didn't write the script. She's no. performing, you know. Right. Like, uh, and I think she's really good in it. And she didn't steal all this guy's money and just... <laughs> well, that was the real-life person, not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. She didn't do that. That's not Sandy's fault. <laughs> I know that. That's what I just said. I literally said that. Oh, no. I don't uh, think we need to go on any further with this one. It did win for Best Actress. We head next to... <laughs> Kieran just skipped right We're over hot. it. We're hot right now. Should we keep going? Let's do it. <laughs> Avatar's next. Let's do it. James Cameron. The highest grossing film of all time in the box office. The highest grossest movie of all time. Oh, man. Fuck Artie, that movie. You love the script of Avatar, right? Avatar? Yeah. The sixth you grader love who the was... script yeah, the of si Avatar? The sixth grader that won the English contest uh, that was Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Kid, You're being facetious. The kid, the oh, kid yes, who watched yes. Fern Gully. It's fucking terrible. There's, like... there's no script delivered. No, it's... In sixth grade, 
they had a contest and they're like, hey, whoever could write the best uh, short story gets an entire movie made by James Cameron. <laughs> There's no script delivered by Michelle Rodriguez that Artie likes. I promise you that. Oh, I forgot she's in it. Huh. <laughs> she can't act. Great Avatar. I saw it once in the theater and I thought it was really... It's 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 one of those things where you watch it in the theater in 3D glasses and it's awesome. And then you watch it again on TV and you're like, oh, this is a piece of shit. <laughs> James Cameron kind of... James Cameron has single-handedly made one of one of the greatest movies of all time and one of the biggest pieces of shit of all time and this is the latter. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's movie it's a movie that's it's a it's Damn. a it, the 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 plot is uh trite and it's been beaten to death and It was trite when it when it came out. No, I know. Like, it hasn't even <laughs> aged badly. It just was bad, and now it's worse than before. And now there's another yeah, one. I think there's I, another three coming out, or whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, I think it is. I think people people understand that. It's like okay, we all know what this is. Yeah. Fern, this is Fern Gully with better effects. The this, guy, the this, guy this from is Grandma's my, Boy doesn't do it for you. <laughs> Avatar is my Jeremy Renner. Like uh, I, I, it's just, it's, I, there's nothing redeeming about it. For like, the few of you who did me. not spend money on it, a paraplegic. Marine dispatched to the moon Pandora on a unique mission becomes torn between following his orders and protecting the world he feels I mean, his home. Did you just listen to yourself? Like I, that's a creative original name for a planet, Pandora. I buried this. Uh, my my favorite was the element that's hard to obtain called unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant screenwriting right there. Uh, Jimmy C. <laughs> not not to mention the the font papyrus uh, used. In, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, have you seen that? SNL? Oh yeah, yeah. of yeah. course I have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, I buried this this one, so I do want to get the synopsis out there because no one here has also seen it. So just this is a serious man. Larry Gopnik, a Midwestern physics teacher, watches his life unravel over multiple sudden incidents. Though seeking meaning and answers amidst his turmoils, he seems to keep sinking. Okay. You, you just that. give us the synopsis of the movie we talked about. Yeah, well, I, I forgot. I ago. forgot to give it, so okay. I'm re, right. you know fixing my mistakes. There. That was cool. an avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Might as well then. <laughs> we should, put, should put CGI the avatar CGI into a serious man and see what how yeah. it enhances that. We have two left here, okay. and then we're done. An education with the wonderful Carrie Mulligan. A coming-of-age story about a teenage girl in the 1960s suburban London and how her life changes with the arrival of a playboy nearly twice her age. And education, there it is. Never heard of it. I saw it. It sounds like The Beguiled. I saw it a year ago and don't remember anything about it other than liking Carrie Mulligan like I like her and everything. So Yeah, she's great. Yeah. So, And finally, a movie we all here know pretty well, Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. In Nazi company France during World War II, a plan to assassinate Nazi leaders by a group of Jewish U.S. soldiers coincides with the theater owner's vengeful plans for the same. Oh, nice little synopsis there. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's clearly... The better film here, right? The best film by fucking far. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't... I, I don't... Is it just a Tarantino thing? Do they just... What is the deal? That's probably I, a thing. That is probably a thing. He's probably a little pulpy for them. I hate to use that yeah, pun. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, but... Um, well, I like the one about the paraplegic soldier in the moon. Oh, the, with the with the unintanium. <laughs> I can't believe it's but, called. Uh, but just like okay, so that's true. For, that's true. Seriously, what is going on? Like at this point is in his career too. It's not like it's not like it's his first or second movie where they're like, oh, we're not sure about this guy. We we well, know they, they gave they gave him screenplay for Pulp Fiction. 
Like here's he, and, he, and he for did, Django. Yeah, but like, what the fuck are we doing here? I, like, what I are think, we doing? I don't think they like that he makes movies and go, look, this is the best picture. Look, this is the best picture. Yeah. Like they might not. But, just but like he's that. not doing what Bradley Cooper is clearly doing right now. He doesn't win either. He has zero Oscars. But I'm saying, has two more Oscars than Cooper has. But but Bradley Cooper is clearly making movies to win an Oscar, right? They like, don't like him either, though. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but this is like. Tarantino is different. He's like, I'm doing what I do, and it's clearly the best thing that anybody's doing, and it's out. Th- it's completely out there. This is the year, and he then they won. just won't do it. They just won't give it to him. This like, is the year he should have won. I, I hate to say, I it. mean, fuck yeah, this isn't my favorite Tarantino movie by a by a mar- by a, a significant margin, but this is the year he should have won. At least, maybe maybe give it choke. to maybe give it to Bigelow for director and give him picture. Um, if, if, Which is if you still a joke, to, but okay. You know, it's the capital I important thing. That felt like a movie about Iraq in 2009 was more important than, you know, a fictional Nazi retelling. I don't, you know, I well, don't. I, know. The, retel- the retelling is the problem, I think. And the Tarantino, you nailed it. It's a Tarantino of it all. He's got a yeah. he's got a smug aura he about does. him that yeah. you know he feels like he's better than the industry around him, and yeah. maybe he'll get his reward with his last one, and he'll beat out some other poor young filmmaker yeah. who deserves to be recognized. I, I don't know. But, I think it's called the film critic. Yeah, the critic. The critic. I mean, called? he's leaning into the industry, but he's he's had a tough run in with some of his movies. I mean, Forrest Gump wasn't not winning. I'm sorry to burst yeah. everyone's bubble. Forrest yeah. Gump was going to win. Parasite. I love I love um, Hollywood, but Parasite is the rightful winner. Oh there. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Parasite's I mean, Django yeah. should have beaten Argo. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Jackie Brown's not beating Titanic for best. Right, right. <laughs> Django yeah, should have beaten Argo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But that's that gets to the weird part. Is like, is this the one we're going to reward him for? And I know already that's your favorite of his, so you'd say yes. But you know, they've done that, the same. That's, that's Scorsese's that, and that's such a he, shitty. He's way had to the look same trajectory though. Like they've missed so many Hateful times Lates, with him. I think Hateful Eight's better than Spotlight. I hate to say it. What's that? I think Hateful Eight's better than Spotlight. I hate to say it, but... Hateful Eight is underratedly a masterpiece. Yeah, but yeah. agreed. Okay, right. guys. Thank you for supporting us for these four years. Uh, you've All the listeners, you guys have been amazing. It's I, I can't believe that we do this or that we've been doing this for four years and people actually listen to us uh, across the globe. It's a, it's a wild thing. Always flattering and always inspiring. Uh, and and I've had so much fun with you guys over the years doing this. You guys want to say your goodbyes before I do a little uh, shout-out list of all the people I love here, but Grant, we go first. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for participating, everybody. It's uh, It really does mean a lot because, honestly, like, who the fuck are we to like have people <laughs> like listen to us and take us seriously with this stuff? Um, and it's, it's really incredible to kind of as every year that passes, we kind of gather more and more people into our little weird little club. Thanks. And we'll, we'll, we'll see you later. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I think more people should listen to us. Cause I'm in, I'm incredibly important. And what I say <laughs> is very meaningful to James Cameron's speech. It matters. I am so sick of people not listening to what I have to say. So get on fucking board. Everyone. No, I'm, jo- I'm jo- just joking, guys. Five star I, I love you. Five star rating, please. Don't let them affect that. <laughs> like I really appreciate subscribe. everybody listening. And, you know, <laughs> Smash that yes. like button. Listen to Artie because he has some good shit to say, too, apparently. I don't know. What do you have to say, Artie? Thank you, everyone, for listening. And more importantly, thank you for not canceling me. <laughs> well, you can thank the editors. Like uh, like, like the uh, MVPs of, uh, 
of this film. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, th- again, thanks again. Thanks again for all the contributors who, who aren't here today. Jo- Got to start with Joey R. Jay Dowski, Brendan B. From Danielle to Mikola uh, to Aaron to Bobcat. Um, Oz. 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 Um, Joe B. AJ. Joe B. Action Steve. Uh, AJ. AJ Joe B. <laughs> Brendan and Aaron. Uh, Brendan and Aaron both. The Freezers for yeah. coming on. Mike from Cinemas. Um, all of our return to people. Azita Short's going to be yeah. up next year soon. Check her out on 300, uh, 300 Passions. We had uh, we had uh, Chauncey on for, for Departed. We had Andrew Corns on, Revisionist Almanac. Check them out. Adam Hitchcock. Check him out at Streaming Circuit and Revisionist Almanac. Everyone who's invited me on the Talking Horror Gang. Love you guys. Thanks for having me on. The Mist episode's out just because been out already. You can check that out. I had a good time with them on that. Uh, Manly Movies. We talked about uh, Sam Meltzer over at the uh, Oscar Doesn't Go To. Um, I feel like they're playing me off here. Chris is playing me off with the I was the, just going to make a joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> I got the blowtorch in, in the yeah. garage. I'm yeah, waiting to there's, use. There's no, there's no better playoff Oscar music than a chainsaw starting up. <laughs> um, we love you all. If I didn't mention you, uh, I apologize uh, in advance. We'll, we'll shout you out at the next one. But this has been a, a crazy four years. It's been an, an amazing four years, and I appreciate everyone. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for all your support over the last four years. We love you. This is Kieran from the editing room, and I know the last thing you needed right now was another audio drop in this episode, but I've been putting this episode together here for the past few days, and man, it's been a trip. It's been an emotional experience. Thinking about four years of this thing, you heard pretty much every voice that's ever been on Best Picture Cast here tonight listening to this thing. It's... I'm taken back, and I just felt the need to tip of the cap to everyone, especially the people who are still listening to this right now. For those of you that love our long-form setup, for those of you that put up with our long-form setup, I'm at a loss for words about the appreciation I have for all y'all. For all my good friends who've helped us put this thing together, it's just been such an important part of my life, and I, I can't... I really can't put together the words to describe it. So for all the people that I knew long before this, that I've grown closer to through this project, for all the people that I've met during this project who I now consider good friends or, or people who are a regular part of my life, and most importantly, to the people who I haven't met yet, that I've met in the future for doing this, who are going through our back catalog here in this now. I love all y'all, and I appreciate you having such an important space in my life through Best Picture Cast. So we have so much more planned. We have so much more coming. I encourage you to support independent podcasters out there. I can't describe to you how good it feels when someone you don't know reaches out and pats you on the back for the work that you're doing through this medium. Please go out and do it any way you can, whether it's DMing, whether it's it's liking, retweeting, rating, reviewing, however it is for you, whatever makes sense to you, not just for Best Picture Cast, for whatever podcast you listen to and you like and you love, show them that that love is there. So thank you so much. Enough of this fourth anniversary episode. Thank you, everyone, for contributing. And we'll let Ministry and the Cougar play us out.
somewhere along the way in this. Did this already fucking happen? I mean, I mean like, I had on, to dude. move my mic. It, they it, they know like, they, they, it knows it's re-recording. Yeah, the demon, <laughs> the demons in the machines what tonight. The fuck, you know dude? what? Tomorrow, none of us will have any memory of losing the first half hour. We just it's like the, it's like the Blair Witch Two. It's like we <laughs> into another dimension. God. If it goes off again after this. We got a fucking serious problem on our hands. So again, this is an audio medium. Chris's pacemaker is beeping right now. Because <laughs> the life alert is low on batteries. The the bomb I strapped to your seat is gonna is about to explode. That's I'm what like, the fuck what is, is happening. That beeping? <laughs> Who's that guy on up there with the, with the cell phone? Chris is on a Nokia. He's like, nothing. Don't worry about that. The butcher. The butcher has a cell phone.